I wanted it to definitely feel like, okay, like, you want to watch a Valentine's Day movie? Like, here's a Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from Cinema Sins, joined as always by the voice of Cinema Sins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hi. From Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Uh, we also have Jonathan Watkins with us today. Hello, hello. Mm. And we have a very special guest today. Woo! Yay. We have director Maggie Levin. Yay! Yay. She is uh, directing a, uh, a, a, do we call it a TV show or just movie? It's a, it's a both. It's a hybrid. Yeah. An an episode of an anthology movie series. Yeah. The, uh, the anthology series is Into the Dark and uh, your, uh, your episode slash movie is called My Valentine. Uh, Indeed. Tell us about My Valentine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, well, it is, uh, so all of the Into the Dark, uh, movies are, uh, some loosely and some very strongly related to holidays. So as you can, uh, guess from, I don't know, maybe you can't guess from the original, <laughs> title, uh, that it's related to Valentine's Day. Uh, and it is about, a, an abusive love triangle set in the, pop music world okay um yeah and <laughs> we have uh three three people trapped in a nightclub trying to work out their their difficulties uh and the man at the center of this love triangle is a is a narcissistic sociopath oh so no i don't know if you've ever been trapped in a room with a narcissistic sociopath with a uh, psychopathic tendencies, but things get wild okay um, i'm already there i already want to see this um yeah um and it is also a sneaky musical Ooh. um and yeah uh, there are a bunch of original awesome pop songs by an artist called dressage uh huh. they are big earworms i highly uh I highly recommend, um, if you don't like getting awesome pop songs stuck in your head, then probably don't watch my movies. <laughs> everyone who hears these songs, everyone who hears these songs tends to go around singing them afterwards, which is awesome. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have, you have a music background too, though, right? I do. I, I'm kind of, uh, I've always been, like, grew up around music. My father's a musician and, uh, I went on a lot of pop and rock tours with him when I was a kid. Um, my community as a teenager and adult was always, uh, music and musicians. And, uh, when I first got into film, I started by directing music videos and in general, I'm just like obsessed with music and the, and the music world. Uh-huh. Um, I, the short I, that I did a couple of years ago was also about a pop star. I'm, I'm into the plight of the pop star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the, the short film diva is, uh, is, uh, mm-hmm. is on your Vimeo. I don't know if there's any other places that people can find it, but, uh, I watched, uh, I watched diva, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, it's, it is crazy what you have your main character sort of going through during that whole, that whole thing. Like it, you, you know, it's, uh, 
you know, it, it, there's so many people going around and giving them, giving her their opinions of how Touching she's her. supposed to be. <laughs> Diva's totally. really well done. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel like Diva, Diva is the, uh, the spiritual and um, also like just world-based prequel for my Valentine. Hmm. Um, and I was, for Diva, I was really... Um, moved by i don't know if you guys have seen the lady gaga documentary um i haven't but it fascinating to me fascinating to me how um how many hands are on her all day every day and that really is the case for a lot of women in music who need to like look a certain way for everything and so uh just the idea of being sort of trapped in this touring vortex where there's a hundred hands on you all the time but you're never actually having like a, a real human connection with anybody. You're just being manhandled constantly. Um, <laughs> I found it sort of like fascinating and horrifying. And that's, that's yeah. where that story grew out of. How do you, how do you not go crazy with that kind of thing yeah. going on? That's what I was sitting yeah. there thinking. That's yeah, a perfect premise for uh, like a horror type of uh, film, right? Yeah. Is to, is yep. to set up this yeah. insane world that that actually exists within our our own universe. I'm going to tell you what's yeah. what what really excites me about my Valentine is that I've seen two of uh, two things that you've done that I would consider horror, and uh, and that I think you have a really good sense for what's scary. Um, Thank I, you. First, I watched uh, I watched Vane. Uh, worse the, uh, the this party sucks. I watched this first yeah. off. First off, I, I have to admit that I did not know this was a VR experience when I first watched <laughs> oh, it. No. So I watched it on my phone, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like the camera angles are all like weird. Their heads are cut off and everything. I was like, "What the hell?" And then I started reading about it. And I was like, oh, it's VR. And luckily, I have a headset. So I watched, awesome. I watched Vane in the headset, stood up in my room and started like, you know, the, it's, it, it's really, really cool. I love the whole, the whole 360 and walking around and, and looking at people who are like, just like appear out of nowhere. And I like, think you can do that on your phone too, right? Like you can actually like scroll over and I, I think I got I'm it. I'm sure to do you it. can, but. Right, much easier for the, the yeah audience. yeah I, and like i said i had no idea it was vr so i was just like okay that's, that's a really so interesting funny. way of filming <laughs> anyway that that one and uh and uh your music video for fast friends creeper yeah oh that fucked me up <laughs> <laughs> that video fucked me up it was so good i'm halfway yes. through the video and i started realizing what was going on and i was like how much have i missed i gotta go back <laughs> yeah. and see what i missed before i got to this part like that video is awesome it really is i started watching it and i was like okay there seems to be sort of a recurring character here but i wasn't really paying much attention and then like by the end of it i was like oh whoa whoa wait a minute wait a minute now i must watch this again awesome. i'm <laughs> uh, so, so glad so what do you what what is your uh sort of approach when it comes to horror and and being scary and everything. What what do you, do you have a philosophy on that? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, there's a lot of real life situ. I mean, vampires aside, there's plenty of real life situations that are really dreadful. Uh, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, and Creeper, I'm so glad you guys liked Creeper. That's like, um, it's one of my favorite projects, and it kind of 
uh, it really came and went off the radar. And that band is so good. And that song itself is so haunting. Yes, and, it is. Yes. The song um, is amazing. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, I didn't make it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about an earworm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the band kind of came to me and they, they wanted to do something about uh, something about a stalker and uh something you know they really kind of came to me with that whole story um in mind or just an idea of a girl who has a stalker that she doesn't realize is there because she's so into her own face um (laughs) and it really immediately conceptually like resonated with me because like we do spend so much time sort of gazing into the like the eye of sauron that is our phone (laughs) especially like um it's it's so easy and and uh you know there have been a bunch of horror movies about it already this idea of like how kind of accessible we all are to each other um and i and i think uh yeah i mean it's all about that video is all about that last shot to me (laughs) yeah when we shot that and we shot that first thing. I was like, "Oh, we got. We're gonna have fun here. It's gonna be great." <laughs> no, that's it's when you when you think about that last image. I think about things like Blair Witch Project or or things that that set yeah. you up at the end only in context. Is that scary? Yep. Because otherwise, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. paranormal activity. When she's standing next to the bed, that's not scary until you see that time code advance like for mm-hmm. three hours or something like that. So I think you did a great yep. job contextualizing that scare. Thank you so much. Um, and and shout out to that actress, Nicole, who um, who did all her own camera work. And we also, we had an interesting experience shooting that. We were like on Melrose here in LA and people started wondering what, you know, there was something about what Nicole was doing. We had a couple of guys follow us around that day. Oh, wow. Was very strange. Yeah. <sighs> um, there was something energetically about what was happening that made it seem like, oh, what's going on with her? Like, she got hit on, like, three or four times. It was very weird. Yeah. It's unfortunately not shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I think um, what, I, what I'm enjoying about working in the horror space is really getting to explore um, what what frightens me and kind of like tease that apart um, into these uh, into these sort of narrative fantastical scenarios. You know, I, I obviously between Vane and my Valentine have a bit of a concern about dying in a nightclub, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then, uh, but then for me, the sort of like, gore and like big blood elements uh this is i don't know if this is an odd thing to say but like that to me that aspect of it is like pageantry and fun and that's related to my like theater background of of doing stage combat and live blood effects and like the bigger the blood spurt the more proud of yourself you are (laughs) Uh, yeah so to me i i love i love gory stuff from kind of like a fun um, almost like guar angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, reading about my Valentine, though, speaking of stuff that that's scary, it sounds like that's got some identity theft aspects to it. I hope that's not does. like spoiler. I mean, I read um, about it in an article. Um, I was I was just yeah. curious what drew you to that subject matter. I guess is it just a, just because of how well, scary it is, or yeah. Well, I, I think um, what is 
at the core of that is um, there um, there is an unfortunate and very frightening similarity when uh, when you have the misfortune to be close to um, abusive. I would say I'll go ahead and generalize and say abusive men, but a particular kind of abusive man that really showed up in the sort of um, more notable Me Too narratives and showed up in very close proximity to my own life. And I noticed this thing happening and 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 as all of these women kind of awakened to um, this, these scenarios in their lives and, and me at the same time, um, there's this unnerving thing, this parallel between a lot of the stories of the idea of a, a man dating a woman and sort of turning her into an imitation of the previous woman. Mm. And and there was like uh, un- uncanny, eerie, frightening stories that uh, that I was hearing from from friends about like being the same guy dating a bunch of people and they all dyed their hair the same color and they all lost 25 pounds. Mm. And, and this idea of somebody who could like get into the minds of smart women and turn them, transform them into the same idealized person. So the idea kind of started from there and then like built out into into identity theft, which is also scary. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was just trying to. I, I, that's just that seems like a pretty uh, good idea for a horror movie. But I was trying to think of other people that have even done that, and I really couldn't even come up with anything. I thought that was pretty unique. I don't maybe, know. maybe Jordan Peele oh, to a you. point. Well, I was going to say you yeah. missed that classic oh, yeah. Jason Bateman movie, Identity Thief. No. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was that, that was, was definitely horror. a horror. That was scary. <laughs> that is true. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and it's something that we're all so susceptible to, right? Like, like yeah. anybody could be anybody at this point in time, and that's so frightening. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. Look at, at all the catfishing situations, like, like just in general, uh, the the possibilities, the techno paranoia possibilities of how anyone could be anyone is just really it's a good area for horror. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So this is probably a pretty like generic question, but as a horror fan, I'm just curious: Were you a horror fan coming into this, or is this just? I was. I I am. Uh, I was a Freddy cat as a kid. Gotcha. Um, I'm like the person that saw Scream and like couldn't sleep for three weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I I'm I'm a late onset horror fan. Cool. And um, I think I come at it particularly from like. You know, I'm obviously a great big fan of vampires, which I know is a little bit bastard stepchild mm. of, of horror, but um, well, there are a couple in there. Um, I also think, like, uh, my Valentine certainly has a relationship to the movie Green Room. Ooh, um, oh, very neat. And uh, I think it's a it's great to, now that I have worked in this space quite a few times, I also did a series called Swipe Right and Die for a for an app called yarn where we did um uh it's kind of a slasher mm. um but yeah i like getting my horror education in the past couple of years as an adult has been uh has been wild i feel like i'm, I'm kind of like diving in head first yeah so what was it like uh, does, does Hulu like, does, does Hulu like sort of give you any like notes or anything or do they say, uh, here, Absolutely. do this or do, do you, or are you just kind of left to your own devices? Uh, how does that process work? 
Well, um, the Into the Dark model is really filmmaker driven. Um, and I think they, they said filmmaker forward. Um, but it is, it's still, it's television. And it's also like, you know, you're part of this collection. Um, so there is a, there's an absolute collaboration between Hulu Blumhouse and the filmmaker. Um, sometimes the filmmakers, um, I'm in a, unique position in that I wrote and directed my Valentine, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case with every episode. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I found them to be like absolute no BS, wonderful collaborators who, um, you know, the, you hear nightmarish stories about how studio input is really, um, it's like handcuffs you to things you don't want to do but I didn't find that to be like my experience was a really terrific experience which is like everyone cared not only did everyone really care about the film but everybody saw the same film wow. uh, ultimately mm, that has to be rare really that's really important yeah. yeah yes it absolutely is I have I have two questions Maggie mm-hmm. is there yeah. is there an individual dying in your room or <laughs> or is there an animal oh, that's oh like oh my god <laughs> French bulldog. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did not know what was going on. <laughs> Sounded like either somebody was ex- yeah. experiencing extreme ex- like, enjoyment Ooh. or dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you show you. Spot. Right. I didn't want to sit directly next to him because. Oh, that's fine. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh my god. <laughs> He's adorable, I, I but he Bulldogs. is loud. Oh my! <laughs> Just to contextualize, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you. What really I'm interested in figuring out: this is the first like feature length project that you've done, correct? Yes, yes. How big of a leap is that? Because uh, obviously you've done a lot of different things and different media and things like that, but. I assume there's just there's just more of everything when you're making the jump into into feature films, right? Yes. Um, you know, I think this there couldn't have been a more ideal um, format in terms of me going from what I went my my sort of career progression to this particular feature. Mm. Um, and I knew that when when I initially met with Blumhouse, uh, it was about a, different script of mine called retrograde and um and they kind of talked me through what their what their various models are both in in film and in television and when it seemed like there might be a home for that script or for some project for us to do together in this series uh i went home and watched a bunch of the a bunch of the films and it was particularly uh, the April episode from 2019 called I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck away. I yeah, exactly. Asked in advance. <laughs> um, so there was something to, so the format is very um, like you shoot for 16 days. Um, it's very fast. Mm. And, um, and so it is, really conducive to uh, stories that are really contained and really like um, kind of like aggressive and uh, utilize. I, I noticed what worked so well about, I'm just fucking with you. I was like, this is all 
stuff that I know how to do from all of the various projects that I've done before, you know, from Bane, from the music videos. Um, I know how to work quickly, effectively in kind of specific hmm. fun areas. So uh, I was really fortunate in that uh, the plot of this movie and the kind of world that we're working in is this kind of music video reality. So I was like, I'm going to be able to pull from everything I've ever done before and kind of like kitchen sink it and make a full length movie out of like all of my strengths as a creator. Wow. And that uh, is, you know, like a, a miracle, like what a, what an amazing fateful thing to have happen. Um, and I think had it been kind of anything else, I would have been more daunted by the idea of doing something feature length, excited, but daunted, but because because we're working in the pop world, because it was pulling from all of these things that I know, like the back of my hand, I was really, um, I just felt ready and excited and um, prepared to handle whatever uh, fly by the seat of my pants, curveball, ducking and weaving I was going to have to do. <laughs> well, you, you certainly seem excited. Like it's palpable in the way that yeah. you are describing this experience and mm. everything. There's nothing more exciting for me to see like other people getting that, you know, uh, passionate about the thing that they've just done and mm -hmm. everything. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm, I can't wait to see this. Really. <laughs> um, oh, I, I hope you enjoy it. I, uh, I really do. And I, I, I mean, I was, just lucky from beginning to end in that the the people that I that I worked with you know the cast that we got um the cast particularly I mean they make this movie it is it is contained and play like a lot of times you know it's a lot of like really heavy conversations tense uh threatening conversations between a couple of people and if you don't have spectacular performers like it would get not that interesting these people are and I know it's maybe weird to say this about your own movie, but I'm like, I'm riveted by some of the performances in this movie. I'm in awe of what these actors can do. Awesome. There's, there's one, there's one actor that I'm familiar with and that's Britt Barron who was on glow. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, and I really like her. I'd like, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her in more stuff than I've only seen her in glow. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah. name some other people on in here that we may not know about that, uh, you're excited for everybody to see. Oh yeah. Uh, Benedict Samuel, um, is our, our, um, I mean, I think I can go ahead and blow it. Cause you know, from the moment that he walks in that he's the villain, <laughs> um, he, uh, he was on walking dead and he was uh he played mad hatter on gotham and he's done a bunch of indie film oh, okay. terrific um and and uh contra he plays psychotic um so well that you would <laughs> never never know that he's a real sweetheart <laughs> um like just really he would be doing these like awful things and then uh we'd finish the scene and go like oh he's this guy's kind of an asshole, isn't he? We're <laughs> 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 like, how do you do that? Just flip it on, flip it off. Um, and then Anna Laurie, who um, actually plays the creeper in Creeper, oh. is, um, is uh, yeah, one of the other gals in that in that wig, and she's phenomenal in this movie. I mean, Brit's of course fantastic, um, and Anna Akana, who I have worked with before, also collaborated with on her show miss 2059 and i 
did a couple of music videos for her. She plays a character called Julie and she's just like, she's a powerhouse. Um, I've been enjoying screening these mov- the movie for people and, and hearing like Julie's lines always get laughs, which is, it makes me proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to know, you said that there are some earworm original songs in this, in this feature. Um, is there, am I going to yes. have to go out and hunt them down or are they going to let you put out like a soundtrack <laughs> to my Valentine? I, I mean, I'm hoping that, and I can't, I don't know for sure, but I'm hoping that there will be an official way to get this soundtrack into your um, home car, <laughs> so kind of like into your home entertainment system. Mm. What? Um, uh, I don't think we'll be selling CDs, but I think that there will probably be a way to uh, get the songs on awesome. YouTube awesome. or Spotify. The, the band's what, Dressage? Is that yeah. what you said? Yes. Yes. Uh, her... So Keely is her, um, her artist name is Dressage, but she, she wrote these in, incredible songs that are, that are a big part of the plot line as well. Um, you know, like she really did a, an amazing thing of translating what, what needed to happen emotionally in the movie. Um, she kind of built that narrative out of what I, the info that I gave her, but also made individually like highly listenable, like, what feel like could be radio hit songs. So awesome. it's awesome. pretty cool. I bet that's really cool yeah. to see firsthand. Now you mentioned that your, your dad is in the music business. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a bass. He's a bass player. Um, Tony Levin. He's uh, he played for plays for Peter Gabriel and King Crimson. Uh, oh, among other artists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 no big okay. deal. No big, <laughs> no big deal. Just just Peter Gabriel and King Crimson. That's all. You've probably seen him perform, right? <laughs> I may have. I've seen King Crimson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but King. Awesome. But King. Awesome. But King Crimson has been through so many iterations of band members. Has he been yes. with them all along? He. Uh, so he's not in the original lineup. He joined in the in I think 1980, um, oh, wow. and then has been in various incarnations since. Uh, yeah. And yeah. was he ever a part of that um, project the too? With the mustache. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. He was in he Project was Two. Of those. Oh, yeah. okay. So I've definitely seen wow. him before. That's I've awesome. Definitely seen him. Uh, uh, that's pretty awesome. I actually don't. I know he was in a couple of the projects. Projects with the K in them. Right. I, I, I'm not sure which number actually. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Okay, but I have seen King Crimson and I've seen Project Two. So there's a good chance that I've seen. Awesome. I've seen him. That's awesome. Even though you've been around the music business, it sounds like for for so long, it's got to be kind of miraculous to see, you know, something like a, a a creator create songs specifically for your project and for those songs to be really really good. Too. Oh yeah, it's sort of uh, so I, I've I've uh, there are two things that I think I mean there's a lot that's special about making a, a movie even a short film, um, you know, and I think two of the most sort of like take my breath away experiences that I've had have been uh, both times when I walked onto the set of something that I wrote or had a hand in writing of going like looking around and going like real people built this thing that I like made up in my like dumb little head. (laughs) Everyone came here and put this together. I can't, I can't believe this. Like, did I trick somebody? (laughs) Um, Um, And then, and then, yeah, the other experience was really, the first the first demos that I got from dressage for this movie, I was like, 
I can't believe what you've done here. Like I knew, she, I knew her socially. I knew she was really talented singer and, and songwriter, but I had no idea the level that she would go to, to, to just like knock this out of the park. That's wow. so awesome. If, if you if you if you have any desire to make some more horror musicals, though, you have my full support. I think horror and music work so well together. I just recently actually got introduced to Anna and the Apocalypse, and um, yes, yeah, I love that <laughs> oh, it's it's just it's just it goes together so well. <laughs> we need more of it. Yeah, and you even think about like how uh, intrinsically connected uh, songs are to just in movies how. I mean, like, I'm thinking particularly of American Psycho, like how yeah, yeah. essential that Huey Lewis song is. To, yeah, you know, just, absolutely. They go together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a couple other things that I wanted to bring up. I the uh, I also saw the thing that you wrote and starred in called Lovesick. Oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Me acting. <laughs> It was fun though because I mean, it, no, at, the, at this point I have I've already like I'm already on board right I've seen <laughs> I've seen every I've seen all the stuff that I can possibly see and then it's like oh wow she's acting too and everything but what was that okay you you seem embarrassed by it which is fine I understand it uh, but like uh, no I mean it's on it's on my Vimeo like what I should I should remember that I've left that up. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, was, was what was the experience like doing that? Where you you were not the director on that, right? You were you wrote and you acted right. in. Uh, so what was yes. that experience like? Did you feel like you 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 were letting some your child into the world with somebody else directing it, or was it just kind of like, oh, this is going to be fun? Well, that was um, that was my first kind of foray into um, the kind of like self made. Um, series of, of films that I did to kind of lead me to this point. That was like the first, the first time I took a chunk out of my, uh, the, all the pennies that I had been saving for years. And I was like, I'm going to make a, a little movie with this. And I had had that idea for a while, that lovesick idea. I ultimately acted in it for, um, kind of convenience sake. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't, it was specific, yeah, kind of. It was my, you know, I wrote a movie kind of about myself, so I was like, I'll just be in it. Um, I went to theater conservatory. I know how to act, but sure. Um, and uh, I had been working with a cinematographer before that who introduced me to sort of his circle of filmmaker friends. Um, and when I met Braden Herrera, who does, who still is like one of my main collaborators, he co-produces and edits a lot of my work. It was um, I had never, I had done a couple of film directing projects, but I was nervous about, uh, stepping into narrative. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just focus on the producing and writing of this one. Brayden, I felt like really understood my overall vision for the film and, and also was just more technical than I was at that time. Um, and I'm, I'm really actually very grateful for that experience because it taught me a lot about, um, first of all, trusting myself in the future to just be able to dive in and direct things. Um, but I am glad that he did it because uh, he, he brought some aspects to it that I think are really special. Um, and, and it was also the beginning of a, a really formative collaboration. Like 
again, Braden has edited almost everything I've ever done since then. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, you said it was about yourself. I'm hoping that some of the things, obviously not yeah. the fantastical elements that happen in it, but I'm hoping some of the things that... My, my heart is actually literally falling out of my <laughs> Right. <laughs> just out there on the chest, and the other guy's got a heart on his sleeve and everything. And the uh, But yeah. the... Uh, the you, I'm hoping that... That the the scenario. This is a hilarious scenario, by the way. <laughs> the the guy that you uh, save from his alcoholism comes back with another oh, woman, yeah. and then like he you've broken up with him. He's out of your house, all of that, and then you go home with another guy, and then your ex boyfriend shows up to your house wanting to bang two other girls or something like that. And, and I, I I'm hoping that didn't happen. I'm sorry. It's not that far from the church. Oh my oh, God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, I'd like to say something about blah, 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 people in their twenties, bad decisions, but I'm like, I don't know. I think I've known a lot of really, um, impressively unself-aware male person. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, thanks for sharing that anyway. Um, okay, so... We have we you have an episode. It's into the dark. It's it's my Valentine. It comes out February seventh. Yes. Yep. February seventh on Hulu. On Hulu. Wow. And I can't wait to see it. Uh, I'm I'm marking my calendar now. I'm going to definitely watch this. Uh, well, just going back to the end of the dark because uh, the, you mentioned earlier about how some of the episodes don't even really have much to do with the with the holiday. I've, I've seen several of them. I know what you're talking about. I mean, the last Valentine's one, I believe, mm-hmm. was two people trapped in an elevator, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah um, down, huh? yeah. yeah, down. That's right. With a, a Natalie Martinez, I think is her name. But um, what what did that mm-hmm. play into when you wrote this? Um, were you? I mean. I guess, what did the holiday play into it, I guess? Or did it really have to? Were they concerned about that at all? Or No, no. I, I found that, like, um, I probably leaned further into that than... Uh, I, re- I remember when we were having our, our initial sort of design conversations about the movie, um, you know, having already developed the, the story and everything. Um, you know, it's not like... It's not like Pilgrim, which is an episode where Thanksgiving first Thanksgiving reenactors are the um, are the ones that bring the horror. This is more like it's set on Valentine's Day, but I really wanted it to feel like a Valentine's Day movie. So oh, there cool. are like hearts all over the place. <laughs> it's very, it's very um, you know, like there there's almost a there's a heart hidden in almost every single shot um Ooh. so it, it, it i wanted it to definitely feel like okay like you want to watch a valentine's day movie like here's a valentine's day movie <laughs> um, and also and this this came direct from the first conversation i had uh with hulu which is that we really wanted it to address um kind of contemporary relationship issues like what's in the cultural conversation about um about relationships right now, um, uh, about romance. I mean, this is definitely a toxic romance story, but it also deals with a lot of like very up to the moment, um, 
kind of pop psychology about how we relate to each other. A huge theme of the movie is about uh, overcoming uh, enmeshment, which is a kind of codependency. And like, yeah, so Hmm. that's how it's Valentine's Day related. (laughs) It's much better than the movie Valentine's Day starring Ashton Kutcher and everybody else on the planet. Mm -hmm. Well, I I was going to say from the horror aspect, you don't have you don't have a lot of competition there. You got you got Valentine from Jamie Blanks and uh, I guess my bloody Valentine. Uh, would be yeah. the one. I love that. How though? It, it's great to be able to do these seasonal things, though, because I every holiday on Twitter you see the horror fans talking about whatever it is their movie they're watching that holiday. So now yours is probably going to be up there. That's got to be cool. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, and I love the ones in the Into the Dark series that are really, um, really connected to their holidays. Yeah. I love, like I said, I love. I'm just fucking with you as a April Fool's prank movie. Um, and, and also a movie about like the inner life of, of internet trolls. And, um, and then like, uh, the last, the last episode that came out in the series called Midnight Kiss, which Mm -hmm. is a, which is a queer slasher on New Year's Eve. I think like genius idea and really fun. I thought so too. if you're like looking for New Year's movie, like perfect. Yeah. Well, I want to ask, um, what's next? What have you worked on that's coming after my valentine or what are you about to start working on that we can keep an eye out for um i am i have a science fiction post-apocalyptic movie that is uh hopefully one of the next projects feature length uh projects that i'm working on uh you know as as it goes like you never know until till way down the line what's gonna definitely come out <laughs> yep. um i have a couple of other music video a couple of other music video projects that i'm involved in and um and then and then yeah a lot of a lot of feature work that is percolating so hopefully you'll be seeing more projects from me uh very sooner rather than later awesome. um yeah and without getting myself into into promising over promising i think that's as much as i can say yeah exactly you can't get your heart set in hollywood you can't do it <laughs> can't do it gotta uh, practice non-attachment it's like uh, whatever comes comes i'm yeah. definitely trying to uh to do another horror project though very soon awesome well you're definitely comfortable in that yeah. <laughs> i'm really i'm actually really curious i've heard this asked to other horror directors by people um since you said you're just kind of getting your feet wet over the last couple of years if you were asked to do mm-hmm. like a major franchise movie in the horror genre is there one you would be really drawn to i know you mentioned scream was one oh. that was a childhood scare yeah that's a great that's a really great question i think that there are particular there's not a franchise that mm-hmm. i feel like um you know like spiritually related to i would like to do like a proper teen slasher and i would I love also, to see that you know I, <laughs> I i really love the kind of like like teen high school like sabrina jennifer's body like demon possession is very yeah. interesting to me <laughs> so i would love to work in that space <laughs> for sure i hate to go because <laughs> i could talk with i could talk about movies with you forever but uh, again, uh, it's on Hulu. It's Into the Dark. It's My Valentine coming out on February 7th. Definitely watch that. But where can people find you and talk to you if you really want people to talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I am at Maggie Levin on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you can find most of my work on www.maggielevin.com. 
Levin spelled L-E-V-I-N. This is how we, we set this whole thing up. I, I saw uh, Scott Derrickson had retweeted uh, a tweet from you, Maggie, saying that uh, you're open to doing podcasts. You got a movie coming out. It was before the trailer came out. The trailer's fantastic, by the way. Thank you. And I said, yeah, I definitely want to talk to you. We definitely want to talk to you. Uh, so that was very, very cool. Thank you, Scott, for boosting that. And thank you for <laughs> yeah. tweeting that. Yeah. Thank, I mean, thank you, Scott, for uh, so many things. Like, uh, <laughs> Scott has been an incredible producer and, and champion of my work. And, um, you know, I absolutely would not be sitting here without him. Um, and so I, I think, um, and also just having his, having his blessing and, and guidance from him and from Cargill on this film has been like, it's, it's been incredible. Awesome. That's so great to hear. They certainly have yeah. the pedigree, the horror pedigree. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I watched Sinister like, like this. Yeah. I, <laughs> I practically did, too. I practically did, too. I love Sinister so much. Um, thank you so much, Maggie Levin, for coming in Woo! and uh, and talking about your movie today. Uh, we we are definitely excited to see it. I can't I can't wait. Why can't it be February seventh already? <laughs> uh, it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, you so I know. Much. You're right. You're right. Uh, but appreciate you coming in and uh and uh thank you. Uh, we hope you continued success. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, everybody, it's time to talk about Mubi once again. Yeah, Mubi oh. is, wow, you, you get really... Nah! He gets uh, you, something, <laughs> something comes out of you. Uh, something comes out of you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> that's a movie that's not on Mubi. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, there were a couple of uh, movies I watched uh, in this past week. Uh, one was called Tower. Ooh. Oh, I saw this too. Yeah, really, really good. Yes, uh, it is a recreation of the gunman on the uh, the U- U- University of Texas campus at Austin. Yeah, um, you know, it was the one of the. I think it was was this wasn't the first mass shooting, was it? It's, it's certainly the the most famous, the first famous one, the first yeah. you know well known. I guess it takes uh, people's. Uh, eyewitness testimony and and people who are still alive today uh and uh and basically puts actors in as the people as saying their words but in an animated style and it does a recreation of it like minute by minute and everything and where everybody is at any given moment and their different stories it is compelling as hell yes it is yes it is it's a it's a first person account of this horrifying event which we've unfortunately become kind of numb to but you know this was back in the 60s and they they really had no idea what to expect uh how to react that kind of thing Mm -hmm. these are just normal everyday people mostly uh some security and some police later on but like getting their stories of like the confusion and how everybody's reacting and then resetting and going back on the timeline a little bit is really, really well done. There is a, a woman uh, who is pregnant during this time, gets sh- one of the first people who gets shot, and it's like 100 degrees. Mm. T- everybody talks about how unbelievably hot it was. And there's this guy up on the on this tower who's shooting everybody, and she had to stay down on the ground this hot sidewalk Jeez. for a hundred uh, with a hundred degrees, and for a couple of hours, yeah. I think. And uh, and that's what a lot of the witnesses are saying. They're just saying, I, I can't, there's this pregnant woman out there, and I don't know. You know, everybody wants to go save her, right. but they can't because there's a guy up there shooting. Uh, 
it is one of the most compelling movies i have seen in a long time it's crazy uh, it's fair it's uh, the style itself reminds me a lot of richard linkletter and like yeah Waking Life in and fact stuff like that. with the austin connection i actually thought he might be somewhat connected to this yeah. movie is it rotoscoped yes oh interesting. yeah yeah it's got that kind of like the kinetic like realistic uh type of look but still very animated hmm. yeah oh, uh, super intrigued yeah it's yeah, uh it, awesome. it, it, i would i would get movie just for this yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there is another movie that I watched called The Nun, not the horrible uh, <laughs> Conjuring Universe, The Nun. This is uh, Anna Anna Karina. Yeah, Anna Karina, who is one of the most beautiful women of all time. Yeah. Uh, but this is from 1966 from Jacques Rivette, uh, and this is another ridiculously good and compelling movie. It's based on. Uh, it, it's not, it's not a true story, but it's based on, uh, uh, a nun who, uh, it's based on a time where, uh, families would, uh, send their daughters to a convent, uh, until they got married or if they wanted to increase their wealth, essentially, where they didn't have to pay a dowry to them. Mm. This is in the 18th century. So this, this is about this uh, woman who is, uh, who who goes into a convent basically for this reason huh. and then her parents basically uh actually when it's time for her to take her vow she says i don't want to do this anymore huh. but the, she's not allowed to do this anymore and there's so many political reasons why she can't just leave the convent mm. uh the um uh so she is she has to stay in these things she has to stay in this one convent and she has to she basically like, look, I, I don't even, I don't have a calling. I'm not even, I'm not here for, you know, I don't have a vocation. I don't yeah. have anything yeah. that would, would keep me in this. And, uh, and you realize that the, the people who run the convents at this time aren't really, they, they're fake people of God, essentially. Mm. They, they pretend, but they're, they, they'll lie when they have to. They will do anything. And she has, she goes to two different comments and has to deal with all sorts of unholy crap during this wow. whole thing. And I sat there for a bit and I didn't quite, un I could, wasn't quite grasping the story right away. But once I got into it, I was just like, just mesmerized. And then I went back and watched the first 30, 45 minutes again, mm -hmm. just to, just to, so that I could have a full knowledge of what happened and everything. The nun is fantastic. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's two strong recommends. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm listening at home, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm bored. Yeah. I'd like to watch a movie. Sure. Chris makes them sound awesome. Mm hmm. How do I do this? Where do I go? You go to Mubi.com slash CinemaSins. Mubi. Mubi. M-U-B-I. dot com slash CinemaSins. Awesome. And what do they get? They get 30 days free. You get they 30 get days free. 30 days so free. So they could come on and watch these two movies without paying a dime. Correct. And then those movies are so awesome, they're going to stick around and want to keep being a monthly member absolutely yeah. and and it's it's a, it's a good price dude this is like the streaming service that you you want to have this is a curated streaming service this is stuff like chris isn't going to be watching the nun the other nun uh if it's if it weren't for movie he's not going to be watching tower i'm not going to be watching tower if it weren't presented to me on this service mm -hmm. they have movie nerds and i say that with all love and respect they're movie nerds that know good cinema and they put it in front of you 
30 there's always 30 at a time uh and if you sign up with movie.com slash cinema sins you get 30 of those days free you can watch 60 movies they're all going to be awesome they're all going to be interesting uh i don't know why i'm getting so animated about this but god damn it you're filled with the holy spirit of movie (laughs) i mean you know uh it the, like every every time I watch some some movies on movie, I'm like I'm armed and ready with with you know all right I got to tell you guys about these or whatever. This particular week in general was one of the best times I've ever watched movie. Wow, because these two awesome. movies wow that I, I watched and there's so many more that I haven't are. seen. Yeah, I, I would recommend. There's a documentary right now on there about uh, Christo. Uh, the uh, the floating piers, the guy who does these big environmental installations, you would like this too. Mm-hmm. That guy is such an irascible dick. It is mesmerizing That's to watch. Awesome. He's just everything is just a fucking a whole production. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's he shows some early plans to like a Skype thing, and he's like, "This is a horror story. This is a horror story." Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> pull the strings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go to movie.com slash cinema sense. Thirty days free. We love it. You know we love it. It's awesome. You want to do some questions? Let's do some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. It's a very international uh, question pile today, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very cool. Okay, for the first one, greetings from the UK. I'm not going to do the accent. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I used to be able to do a good British accent. I don't know what happened to me. Well, Even you, we, I'm you, sorry. You, you started doing this where it's a little bit more hammy. <laughs> And you want you want you you know that you're projecting to an audience, and that's what that's what happens to your accent. That's what happens. Like you can go around your house and do a great fucking accent, yep, right? Yep. But when it comes to this, man, you're projecting to people. You it's know, like, you it's like when change you your way. The, it's like my wife says in the car by herself. She's Mariah Carey, you know, singing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it just hey, happens. I got a sub question about that. Like, why don't we hammer on people that live in the UK, Americans that live in the UK, for adopting their accent? When Australians or British people that live in the States over a period of long period of years, they tend to lose their accent too, like Mel Gibson or Nicole Kidman or something like that, right? So why do we hammer on Madonna for adopting a British accent? Well, or Gwyneth Paltrow? Because Madonna's stupid. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Um, But like the, I don't think that I don't think that they lose their accent as much as they have it impacted by living here like yeah like to some people nicole kidman still sounds like she is just straight off the, the plane yeah <laughs> from australia and uh i remember uh i remember in new york uh, dealing with a guy who was british and he sounded as british as fuck uh-huh. but like to yeah. all of his friends he sounded like he had been adopted by the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's all a matter of what you're constantly hearing. And then when you hear something just slightly to the left or right of that, that's what. Because when I went to New York, I sounded like I sounded like the fucking banjo player. I was, was going to say that. I was going to say that too. Whenever I go to the West Coast, people say I have a thick Southern accent. Everybody here is like, "How are you from here?" Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. So uh, I, I I would talk to people and I was like, "Yeah, I know. I probably sound like Jethro from <laughs> the Deep South to you guys, but to to people who live down there, yeah. I sound like I don't sound like I'm from there." Yeah, yeah. You know? so, I always slipped in a little Southern accent when I was managing a theater if I had to deal with customers. Oh yeah, like I felt like it disarmed them. Yeah. It did. Like, hey, y'all. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you. What can I do for y'all? What's the trouble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was completely off topic. 
And Chris just flipped them off. If yep. they, if they, yeah, fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, we've had this for for a little bit, so apologies about the recency thing. Uh, greetings from the UK, longtime viewer and listener. With Watchmen finishing uh, a few a while back, uh, I was wondering if any of you guys had been watching it. Also, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on any other spinoff shows slash films like Angel to Buffy uh, that are worth a, worthwhile and not just a cash grab. How about the fact that HBO is now saying Watchmen is not going to have a second season? Fuck yes. I think it's awesome. Yes. Because I think it takes balls both for Lindelof and for HBO to say that's really good and we're OK ending it there. Like I would I would have bet money that he walked away. They would have just brought in somebody else to run it, but they don't want to do it without him. You know, it, it was such a perfect ending to all of those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you end up watching the the whole series, Chris? What, Watchmen? Uh-huh. I only saw the first episode. That's, the all, first I, episode. that's all I've seen, too. Uh, it's 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 grown in stature in my, in my head over time, because I think there's nine episodes, something like that. Uh, it, just the way that the, that last episode is such a great coda and period at the same time it's a weird thing to say uh but it, it acts essentially like a movie um and and these characters and that narrative played out in a perfect way so i am very very glad and i loved the show uh not as much as i think our colleague aaron has said it's one of his top uh series of all time my question is is this because of a creative decision that they've made to just make it one season or is it because it was so expensive to make and very few people were watching it? Like they needed a Game of Thrones type audience yep. to, to, to sustain it. Well, and that's the thing. I don't. I don't think we know much about ratings. I don't think it got anywhere near the highest HBO show ratings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. I think it got all the critical acclaim, but not may, maybe the following. Um, so yeah, I don't know. But what I, I did see a funny tweet about the irony of deciding not to do a season two of Watchmen when the creator doesn't want to <laughs> yeah. when alan moore has, was fucked over <laughs> yeah, on this yeah, property yeah. like six different ways yeah um uh, but it is what it is so we're talking about spinoffs so yes. there's buffy type yeah. angel type spinoffs mm-hmm. who do you got who do you got uh well because you guys stole some of the better ones <laughs> um i decided on how about the jeffersons Ooh. I love that. Okay, Choice. what was the source? Is it All in the Family? All in the, the family. family. All in the Family had like five spinoffs, I think. It had or a something bug. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who were the? Was it the Jeffersons themselves that they, were characters on? They were neighbors. Yeah, they were neighbors or oh, something, okay. and they appeared on maybe one or two episodes of All in the Family. I can't remember. Huh. But they flipped that into 11 seasons and 253 episodes. That's insane. And it was a very funny show. I fucking yeah. love the Jefferson. Yeah, man. for sure. And it's something that it's hard it, because it was it established its own sort of, uh, I don't know, legend, I guess, in some way. It, it's hard to remember that it was a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how how successful it was. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Man. I used to watch the Jeffersons all the time. Me too. And and of course, guys like us don't really understand the impact of the moving on up to the east side right. type of thing. I certainly didn't. Yeah, until later on where these guys are just 
this is uh, Sherman Hemsley is like a self-made man mm-hmm. at doing spectacularly well. You know, he's got a, a cleaners. And, is that what it was? They, I think he, so. It's like a laundry or something. And there, yeah, they yeah. they tackled a lot of interesting things. There was an interracial couple was one of the main yeah. was two of the main characters <laughs> yeah. on there, which in the 70s and 80s. I mean, that's that's a lot. It's a great line. Uh, when they first introduced the baby, the inter- interracial couple. Yeah, they're like, uh, oh, he's so cute. Weezy's like, oh, he's so cute. And uh, George is like, and he's black. <laughs> also one of these one of like as a kid there was an episode of that show that terrified me it was a uh, wheezy witnessed like a murder i think oh or yeah something. man the it 80s was, did yeah, not yeah, give a yeah, fuck, yeah. man yeah. and it was like at a halloween there was like halloween so this guy was dressed as a rabbit and i just it just like i was scared of like people dressed as rabbits for like years because yeah. of this yeah because of this episode yeah it's like the different strokes yeah. where they got kidnapped <laughs> oh my god different strokes i mean like all these yeah different strokes had one of the most terrifying episodes of a sitcom uh, taking out the calm out of that yeah uh it was uh oh and then like yeah they used to do that very special episode punky brewster had an episode about a serial killer in 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 her neighborhood i mean (laughs) fucking 80s man oh my god (laughs) these kids these days are fucking soft yeah they are (laughs) uh one of my all-time favorite shows is star trek deep space nine so mm. i mean and you could easily just do next generation in here i just i just kind of prefer deep space nine for whatever reason deep space nine is actually why i really got into star trek that really got my attention um i think because it actually had it actually had like more continuity um next generation had continuity but it was still more planet of the weeks yep. you know creature of the week whereas deep space nine because of i think the fact that it was so stagnant it was stationed yeah in a specific place, they kind of had to, they did a lot more with supporting characters. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they created, did you watch Deep Space Nine? Oh, I watched okay. all of it. Yeah, eventually they created this whole war with uh, with the Dominion and the changelings and all that fun stuff. So I just, I just, I, that's my favorite Star Trek Um but, they're not on a ship. They're in a station. Yeah. yeah. So, now they oh, did. Really? Now they did go places sometimes. Um, they were like by a wormhole. And then on the other side of the wormhole, was a race called the Dominion. Well, it was a bunch of races. They made up this thing called the Dominion, I guess. And uh, they uh, they had a like the last like three seasons probably is that war. Huh. It's uh, I never uh, watched an episode of Deep Space. Yeah. Who's the captain in Deep Space? Benjamin Sisto. Yeah, Avery Brooks played him. Who oh, actually yeah. we were talking about Spencer for Hire earlier. He played Hawk on Spencer for Hire. Oh, yeah. um, and he's a really interesting guy. If you ever, he's really fun to watch interviews with because he's one of those guys that asks himself questions as he talks. So he's just like, <laughs> "What am I going to say? This? Yes, maybe I will. What? No. <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, Rene Aubergenois was on there who uh, yep. from from Benson who recently passed away. The third. <laughs> Armin Shimmerman, uh, the only Ferengi that I didn't want to like shoot. Wasn't uh, Benson a spinoff? Benson was a spinoff of Soap. Okay. Oh wow! Wow! Good cut. Yeah, got some deep knowledge <laughs> wow. in the room. Just doesn't uh, rest in my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he was like the he was a butler or something on Soap. I can't remember. And then he somehow got I don't know how he got involved in the political arena, but. Mm. Yeah, it was a spinoff of so. Nice. Yeah. Governor's nice. Butler, but uh, yeah, Deep Space Governor's Butler. D- he Deep Space Nine well. was a pretty easy answer. for Obviously, me. Uh, Frasier is the greatest spinoff ever made. Um, is it better than Cheers? In uh, hands down, but it is right. Cheers fans are going to disagree, and that's okay yeah. uh, because you, yeah, it was your first love, and and I think I like them about the same. But I know what you're saying. I mean, Cheers is super yeah. good quality. Yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to say it was a bad show, but I think Frasier is. I'm potentially them, the best sitcom. I'm ever. watching them for different things, I guess. That's true. Yeah, that's so. Um, but I'm going to go with 
Master Chef Junior. Tiny oh, Chefs. Oh, that's a good pick. To the point where I can almost not watch adult Master Chef anymore. <laughs> I can't. Because the kids. <laughs> Master Chef after dark. After dark. <laughs> um, red Shoe Diaries. Um, the kids are A, adorable. Um, B, they are every bit as good chef, as chefs as the adults they bring on they that sure show. They sure are, yeah. And they'll cook shit I've never even heard of. And see, it is the most supportive reality show of all time. If one of those kids starts crying, instinctively, the other kids will say, it's okay, Timmy, You're, you can do it. And when they get eliminated, they do group. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about how fucking these supportive these little kids are to each yeah. other. Every time a new season of MasterChef Junior comes on, I get giddy. It's almost up to top chef level for me in terms of like quality food reality programming for different reasons for different reasons like the adult version of master ship is much more competitive yeah yeah yeah. and if you get a chance to have an advantage or screw over your competitor like survivor they'll do it yeah. they want to win the kids are just having a good time man <laughs> they want to win but they're just having a good time god and it shows i just i love that fucking show cried like a fucking baby just about every time that i i watch that show yeah i can't take it man there i can't take guy it i get all like screwy face and all that stuff. one kid who dropped everything right at the station like two minutes before the oh. buzzer and he just stood there and slowly melted into a puddle and all the other kids were like it's okay and i was just like oh, yeah. <laughs> just because i don't watch these shows it's just insane to me how huge the reality cooking show arena is it's crazy mm, yeah man. there's I, dozens i, of I, I don't get it but you know i appreciate it's it. all right i respect I, it no i don't i don't like deep space nine but i there respect you go. it there so. you go. <laughs> yeah and and some of them are shooting for the quality of top chef some of them just don't care but yeah. uh but there's rarely a really good upper echelon food reality like hell's show. kitchen is not about cooking it's no. about watching him scream at people no so they no. don't even bring in great cooks to be contestants on this show they bring in people who are going to fuck up a lot mm -hmm. so he can call him a donkey um whereas <laughs> master chef originally started as okay the best non-professional chef you know so home cook is what they call it and i don't know how you measure that you ever had a job cooking no okay right. you count yeah, yeah. um but then they brought out the kids man the kids are so, even on top chef they will fuck each other over to so win. are these kids that don't know how to cook when they come on there no or are they these are eight-year-olds that could make a souffle in your kitchen with what you have before on hand they right come now. on the show yes so how do they how does that even happen because they grow up watching Top Chef and Master Chef, yeah, and there's this whole wave so, of kids, yeah. just like fucking soccer is now popular with like everyone under twenty in America. Yeah. Every other kid in under twenty knows how to cook a souffle because they fucking watch all these shows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my daughter does not know how to cook. A no, souffle. but uh, but it's it's all kids no, that were got crazy. obsessed with cooking or I, cooking shows. I might early. like this one. This sounds interesting. It's really adorable. It's man. I'm gonna have to get my daughter to watch it with me. Yeah, yeah. While you're playing games. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm going to shout out Better Call Saul because it's it's got the upcoming season coming up and <laughs> upcoming is coming up and uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it. I think it's losing steam, but those first those first two seasons slapped me in my dick and it was awesome. But I really want to talk about Get Him to the Greek, which is a weird spinoff wow. because it's got the one character from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and then it's got the same actor playing a different character mm -hmm. from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, but did you get it? Did you get it? <laughs> There's actually a name for that, too, and I, I can't think of what it is. There's They've, a name for that type of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Dressage. It's not a, yeah, it's not it's a sequel or a spinoff, but it's like, I don't know. It's a dressage. We'll just call it. It's yeah. so weird. It's a murder of crows. Because, you know, mm -hmm. it's 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 so weird because Jonah Hill's character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall was so enamored with uh, 
rape, baby kill, baby death. What, what's the guy's you name? You gotta do something. That guy? No, who's the Russell uh, Brand character? That's who I was singing. Well, I know, but what's his Aldous name? Aldous Snow. Aldous Snow. He's such a big fan of Aldous Snow, you know, going six to midnight and all that stuff. But, like, in this one, he's just thrown into this crazy situation. You've seen this movie, right? Get him to the Greek? Yeah. No, I feel like one of you told me never to watch it because it was bad. You know what? It may have been me. <laughs> it definitely no, I, wasn't me. I know it was you. I, you used to hate this movie. Because I did. You made fun of me because I loved it so much. I actually like this better than Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not at that level. But I but love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I guarantee you it wasn't me that told you not to watch it. Because you right. like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I actually so didn't like it when it first. I saw. don't like it as much as forgetting Sarah Marshall, but yeah. I do. Oh like my it. god, that opening though with the uh, what is it? The Jesus? What is he? Oh, uh, the oh, African, African child. child. African yeah. child. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. All the music in this is hilarious. The sight of P Diddy chasing after Russell Brand and Jonah Hill, going, "I'm a mind fuck you. I'm a mind fuck you." It's just the greatest thing ever. All right. Uh Paul this Meany is, plays his dad. Yeah, oh he's God. awesome. This is a big recommend. It took me a while to get there. Rose Byrne is fantastic. Sneaky, brilliant comedic actress, mm-hmm. this Rose Byrne. When they're, when they're just sitting there realizing what they're doing with that threesome, oh, yeah. and then it just fans over, and like Jonah Hill just like has no pants on. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, oh, yeah Elizabeth Moss is in this. Like, yeah, uh, that's this, right. is, this is a fun movie that's aged much better than I thought it would. And Russell Brand really is like the fourth best thing about this movie yeah i mean he's he's really only got the one note for me i actually Mm. think i i think he's more interesting when he's not trying to be funny and he's saying all kinds of kooky political shit yeah when he's trying to be serious is when he's more entertaining to me and it's kind of like pop star where the music is it's silly and it's ridiculous but at the same time it it like you could kind of see it being a real thing if yeah, that makes sense. This one, uh, yeah, you're right. It's very much like pop star. Yeah. In that it's completely absurd. Like uh, Rose Byrne sings a song about her asshole. Yeah. What is it called? Like, I don't remember what it's called. My but brown I just eye at the end, or she, something like that. Yeah, but at the end she's like, I'm talking about my asshole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> It's also time to talk about likewise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I got a likewise story. You want to hear my likewise story? I hear Sounds yeah. awesome. All right, look. I'm up in Wisconsin. 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 Mm-hmm. Go up to see the Green Bay Packers win their game. Yay. Then they, <laughs> then they lost. Uh, but, uh, so we, we flew into Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee. And so we had some time before, <laughs> yes, Milwaukee. Nice Alice Cooper reference. Um, <laughs> Love it. Which means l- the good land. <laughs> uh, had a little time before our flight back. So I look up and I'm like, ah, you know what? I want some cheese curds. <laughs> Cause it's, it's Wisconsin. It's mm, cheese curds. That's what, that's what cheese curds are the greatest thing in the world, especially if you get them in, uh, in Wisconsin. And so I open up my Likewise app. I said, I'm in the middle of Milwaukee. Show me the best cheese curds. Nice. Directed me to a restaurant right down the street, right on the river, and they were the best cheese curds I've ever had. That's awesome. <laughs> Score, likewise. Score. Yeah. That's excellent. That's exactly what it's meant to be for, though, Correct. right? Is to help you find things like other things you like that you weren't aware of before. Correct. Yeah, it, it, it took into account what i had uh rated properly before like what i what i dig what what kind of uh cuisine i like and this is just one feature of this app it's a recommendation service uh called likewise and it it recommends podcasts and movies and tv and books 
and it's really extremely useful, It'll, and you should download it. One thing I like about it is it doesn't just it doesn't just recommend, hey, you might like this movie. It says, hey, you might like this movie, and that's currently playing on Netflix, or mm. you can rent it on Amazon. It'll tell you where you can go mm. to go get it, not just a pure recommendation. It's actually directions. That's yeah, and that's on. a tough thing, too, when you're trying to look for movies a lot of times. Like, where is it playing? Yeah. And uh, this filters that stuff out. It does. Even even currently playing movies, it'll it'll give you showtimes and stuff like yep. that. Mm-hmm. What's trending? What's hot? 1917 was all over it uh, recently. And that's based on my previous rating of movies, too. And it's absolutely right. 1917 rules. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, you can uh, go to the uh, Google Play Store or the Apple app, Apple D app. Apple D app. <laughs> the app store and Apple. Uh, and you can download it here. If you're on the interwebs, if you're on your, your laptop, top or whatever you go to likewise.com slash syncast let them know that you uh, that we sent you and uh download it there yeah and it's not it's free it's a free app it is it's it not is no one's trying to sell you anything yep and uh we think you'll enjoy it yes uh sometimes actors usually early on in their careers are referred to as the discount version of a more famous or successful actor sometimes by a cinema sense what are examples of actors who shrugged off the title and grew to be actors of their own merit and skill and this asshole questioner took jesse plemons as being the discount mm, matt damon yep asshole because yeah. that's obviously the best one i'm gonna say uh that i did not answer this question the way it was asked Ooh. um but i do feel like there is a, a a somewhat similar situation which is what nicole kidman was going through when she first came up and she was basically known as tom cruise's wife Mm -hmm. uh she had her own like successful career in australia dead calm fucking great movie by the way um flirting uh, yeah exactly and uh then she comes over and does days of thunder yep and that's what how american audiences mostly got to know nicole kidman is that movie at first and then like the whole tabloid you know uh they're getting married and they're like you know they're the the hot couple in hollywood and everything and then they started doing all these movies together far and away and all that and so people started thinking nicole kidman as as mrs tom cruise and that's all Mm -hmm. then she did to die for Mm -hmm. 95 95 yeah and that started to erase pretty quickly and then like eyes wide shut moulin rouge all that and then of course especially after the divorce like it was it was like oh okay yeah she has her own talent that has nothing to do with tom cruise fucking amazing (laughs) you know and uh so yeah i i struggled to actually come up with well one that had not been already said Mm. when we were doing our emails um and then, yeah, and one that fit all the parameters of that question. So that's how I cho- choose to answer. I like it. I rewatched To Die For recently. That that movie is so fucking good. Oh, it's great. And uh, that, Walking Walking Phoenix, baby. I wonder yeah. if that, that might even be my favorite Van Sant movie. I don't know. But yeah, and then that, that final shot of Ileana Douglas mm-hmm. ice skating. Yeah. Um, that's one of oh, my favorite awesome. last shots. Yeah, just some random David Cronenberg shows up <laughs> at the end. He likes to do that, yeah. like, like in Jason X and yeah, yeah. I four. Just kind of just shows up. Yeah, yeah David Cronenberg <laughs> is totally in Jason X. I'm not making that up. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen Jason X. They, and... uh, they were shooting in Canada. I guess he was close. Might by. be, might be Dan Hedaya's uh, best uh, best performance too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Blood Simple, so but, that's true. But uh, that's true. but it's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go with Ryan Reynolds when Ryan Reynolds first hit the scene. Uh, two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Van Wilder. He was very much doing a Jim Carrey impression. Mm-hmm. And he's Canadian and all that. Yeah. First off, I know you said Ryan Reynolds, but I heard Ryan Gosling. And then oh. you said two guys and girl on a pizza list. Am I, was he in that? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, my buddy Josh, uh, and I used to say he's he's already typecast as a Jim Carrey clone. And and therefore, he's probably not going to have much of a career. Of course, we were wrong, mm-hmm. and and uh, largely because he grew out of that. But if you go back now and watch those episodes, or even even Van Wilder, he's very much doing the kind of Jim Carrey comedy that Jim Carrey was famous with all the facial and the hey and the what. And he was just doing Jim Carrey. And now he's grown beyond that, and he's got his own thing, and I'm very happy about it. I never it. got that. I said, because I, I never saw two, two guys, a girl in a pizza place. My entry was Van Wilder. And I, I thought he was doing more of like a, almost a Chevy Chase type of thing, mm. like omniscient narrator and the, the guy who knows how to do everything. Uh, but hearing you say that so many times is, is making me want to recontextualize. Well, if that. you watch, I think for me, I see it in Van Wilder because I had, wa- I watched, I think every episode of that sitcom. Is that a good because, show? Because, uh, it was a funny show. Tay yeah. Leone on that? It was, it was uh, Suzanne Cryer. There you yeah. go. And then, um, um, Firefly. Nathan, Nathan Fillion? Fillion was on it. Um, oh, that sounds like a good show. It was, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was good. It was pretty funny. Huh. Um, I think Nathan Fillion was on that as her boyfriend, right? I think so. I can't remember. And then the, the other right. guy, the other of the two guys, was another nerdy looking guy who is gone. Yeah, I never went. I never <laughs> saw I'm like you. I never saw you it. You had uh, Trailer Howard, uh, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Richard Rucolo, uh Suzanne Cryer, Nathan Fillion. Uh, Jennifer Westfelt, who went on to do uh, Kissing Jessica Stein. Oh, Ooh. yes. she uh, And she was with Don, uh, Don Draper. She was with John Hamm for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany Thiessen. He basically is Don Draper. Yeah, Tiffany Thiessen was on it? Yeah. David Ooh. Ogden Steers was on it. Well, uh, I don't know. I can't tell if anybody else like you would really know is was on that show regularly anyway but i watched it i watched it i think until it went off the air well, it didn't 81 run for, episodes yeah it didn't run for like 10 years or anything well they, i think that was a time slot one too they kept moving it around nobody knew where it was it was like well the, they changed it from, they changed it to two guys and a girl because they yeah. thought the pizza place was throwing people off Tra- trailer howard was on uh was uh in that um uh, me myself and irene she's the that's wife. who i was thinking was uh I thought that was Taylor only yeah, for some yeah, reason. Probably because I'm stupid. That's uh, she's the wife of uh, Jim Carrey in that that leaves. Oh, really? Yeah. Can I tell oh, you my she... introduction to Ryan Reynolds though? It was before that. It was in a Canadian soap opera that they showed on Nickelodeon called Fifteen. I watched that with my younger sister. Nice. <laughs> Every goddamn episode I saw. Nice. That. And I think he. There was like one other person on that show that I remember that actually had somewhat of a career, but no one like him. Um, but it, that nuts. was so seeing him do like Van Wilder and seeing him on Two Girls and a guy, I was like, is that the guy from Fifteen? Like, it That's was funny. that was a really so that was a really <laughs> weird thing to see for me. Uh, so mine is is a little bit weird, and I don't know if everybody knows who this is, but Jimmy Simpson, hmm. uh, yeah. who has been on USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, he was on House of Cards as like a hacker dude. Um, always Sunny in Philadelphia. Always Sunny in he Philadelphia. Played a serial killer on Psych. Yeah, he's been in a million things, and you know this guy when you see him. I always thought he was a very discount uh, Christian Slater. Like yeah. He had the same look, the same kind of like head shape and all that stuff, and he had kind of like the same voice. Mm-hmm. Now, people used to say that Christian Slater was kind of the discount Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. because of that that voice. Yep. But I always thought that Jimmy Simpson uh, was, was kind of in that ballpark. And I, I, you can make... 
you know, kind of a, a declaration that he's had a better career over the, the, the course of his career because Christian Slater started off nuclear, uh, but were his movies, like, besides Pump Up the Volume, like, were his movies really all that good? Cuffs, Gleaming the Cube, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, he got, he made, he made his name through stuff like Bed of Roses and, Oh, you know. yeah. he was on Westworld. Jim yes, Simpson? yes, he was. He was in the first. I was yeah. trying to figure out in who fact, we were talking about. There was, a, there, was a, there was a time there where if you were watching pretty much everything that was going on, you'd see him in Westworld. He was on, um uh uh the what's the fucking kevin spacey oh house of cards house of cards you saw him on that and i think he played very similar characters on westworld and house of cards too mm. and then you you had the the callister episode came out and it yep. was like he was just in everything at yep. that point and he's he's really really good in just about everything that i've seen him in uh i'd like to see him in more movies uh he's been in a few but uh, I think he could actually carry. This Ooh. wouldn't be discount because they're basically they're probably close to the same age. But I always got him confused with Michael Weston, the act. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm gonna have to look him up because I know the name. I just well, uh, yeah, because I always remember the name because it's the character Jeffrey Donovan plays in Burn Notice. It's oh a really, yeah, I mean, he was on House. He had like a small role in House where he was a private eye that House hired. Right, right, right. I, I always got the that. two of them yeah. confused for some reason. Mm. Yeah. And also, and who's the dude in the collector? That's another one I get confused. Like they all three just kind of go together for me. Mm, looking at that. While you're doing that, I did a joke answer uh, for this because Bad Boys Two has the the, the Spanish Cuban guy or the, the the Cuban drug lord is is the discount, the, the, discount. Cuban Scott Stapp. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and what's funny about that? Because he looks exactly like Scott Stapp from Creed. Uh, Cre yeah, Creed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Josh Stewart. Uh, but also, like, I looked it up, and this guy is a Spanish actor, and he's like hot shit. Like, he's a philanthropist, and like he's super well respected, and he's in fucking Bad Boys. You know what's too, weird about that villain. is the main villain in Bad Boys for Life is I can't remember her name. But she is also a Spanish actress, and she's, like, in a bunch of telenovelas and stuff over there. Like, she's really famous over there. And she's a much better villain. She's the uh, uh, she's the witch, I guess. Although that's kind of a spoiler. The witch's so. tower? <laughs> the you'll, witch's you'll know tower. she's kind of a witch at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> she's a witch, baby! Yeah, yeah. You fucked a married witch? <laughs> I recently watched The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot, starring... Sam Elliott. Have you heard of this movie? I've before? heard of it. I haven't seen it. Uh, starring Sam Elliott. You and got, then The Bigfoot. <laughs> the Bigfoot. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you guys always joke about movies with incredibly generic titles that, <laughs> yes, uh, that really don't tell you anything about the movie. And this felt like the antithesis to that. Uh, it made me want to ask what are the films with the most outlandish, specific, interesting, or otherwise wild titles that you guys have seen. Okay, so uh, I have uh, Chu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? I haven't. I, I saw, saw it, it when it came out. But me too. I don't, I don't remember, think I've seen it either. I don't remember anything. It's about drag performers, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. Swayze, Snipes. Um, like at the top of their game almost, right? Uh -huh. yeah. I'm surprised I haven't seen it because that probably came out around we were just going to everything. But yeah, I just, well, I it came it. out, I think, 95, yeah. maybe somewhere around there. No, that's it. a great, great pick. Uh, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. 
the positively true adventures of the alleged Texas cheerleader murdering mom. Mm. <laughs> Is that a Lifetime movie? It was an HBO movie, I believe. HBO or Showtime. It was like one of those. It was cable. <laughs> and then I went real simple with the last one, being John Malkovich. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, there's that. The new Harley Quinn movie has a super long time. Yeah. The Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, The Emancipation of Fantabulous, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck yeah, my yeah. rainbow. Or What's How I Learned to Stop Worrying About the Bomb. Yeah. yeah. What, uh... <laughs> I've always wondered about that extended title that Doctor Strange love. Mm-hmm. Who, what? Who is that referencing? I don't know. They, I, I, I think that's that is some reference to something, but I can't remember what it was. It's well, not to a character. I guess it's to the viewer. It's yeah. It's it's. I think it's based on an essay or something that that I don't know. Well, originally, <laughs> that was I, like trying to explain why it would be based on an essay would take a whole no, podcast. Sure, sure, sure. That was originally supposed to be more of a thriller, too, right? But then I think didn't Failsafe, the, there's something about Failsafe made him change his mind. Because mm. Failsafe and it came out like the same year. Hmm. And, well, he's definitely influenced by other uh, movies. He scrapped well, that I'm whole saying, Napoleon I think, thing. I think, yeah, once Phil, once he found out they were adapting that, he just decided to do I think I, that sounds familiar, yeah. Uh, I had Teen Titans go to the movies. Ooh. I thought that was pretty... Uh, I like that movie. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. And Young Frankenstein were the three yeah. I came up with. Nice. I, Dude, Where's My Car? has become endlessly watchable to me. I've never seen it. Seriously? Oh, wow. Yeah, never seen it. Oh, man. That's that's I a good don't, movie. I don't go out of my way to watch a lot of Ashton Kutcher movies. That's just... Not that I would blame you. <laughs> <laughs> or Sean William Scott, for that matter. True. But uh, for, He's got role models, though. It doesn't wear thin on me. It's like Beavis and Butthead is like stupid humor that really should grate on me, mm-hmm. but it, it's perfect. God. It is. There is a, there's two kinds of stupid humor. Mm-hmm. The kind that I think is funny and the rest of it. That's another good... <laughs> Beavis and Butthead do America. Would that work as a specific title? Probably. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a great yeah. In terms perfect. of title specificity, I thought of Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes. Um, <laughs> have you seen that? I have. Oh my god! It's pretty I'm, straightforward title. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for long titles, one of my favorites has always been uh, the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Oh yeah. Uh, because it, I think, has multiple meanings. Like he's th- this town wants to have a tourist attraction of being able to say they have a mountain mm. but it's too it's, it's too short mm-hmm. to be officially they but they think it's close so Hugh Grant is here to measure this mountain and declare it or to measure this hill and declare it a mountain so the town can thrive he goes up a hill he comes down a mountain uh-huh. and also grows as a man he goes up when he's a hill he comes down when he's a mountain I saw that in the theater I did you too. really I did uh who's the is it Hugh Grant is the guy that goes to the the that does the measuring? I think so. Yeah, I uh, only saw it one time. It's an so. eclectic cast in that, though. I remember it, it being. Was, very he was charming. on a roll, man. This was after four weddings, but he could do anything. He yeah, wanted. I want to say like Pete Postlethwaite or some I, somebody like that had to have been in it. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen it the one time in the theater. I remember that being one of those times where I still was stupid enough to think that like, as he had just done four weddings and a funeral, so I'm like, oh, Hugh Grant's in this. It must be amazing. And it was not. I'm and then, excited. And then nine months for uh, uh, the the new phase of Hugh Grant's career because I saw Paddington two again. The yeah. other night. And that scene where he's in with all of his costumes and he's doing all the different voices and all that stuff, like it, it kind of reminds you that he's got a lot more range than. Well, and we he gave an interview recently because he he's a very political guy, yeah. and he, Paddington two has ruined his political activism because he was going canvassing door to door with. So he had several 
politicians running for office he was supporting. He jokes that none of them won. Um, but he was going door to door, and kids were afraid of him because they thought he was the villain from Paddington oh. 2. And so he couldn't even get to, here's the candidate I want to endorse, because they were scared of him. So he kind of had like, a, what's the guy in Die Hard that always gets like, Die Hard and Ghostbusters that... He can't walk down New York streets. Oh, William people. Atherton. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, uh, the Englishman who went up a hill but not a mountain did not have Pete Postlethwaite. Had discount Pete Postlethwaite. Calm meanie. Oh. Tara Fitzgerald. Do you remember her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was in She's like- She's in Sirens? Yeah. She was in like- like There was like a three-year period where she was in all these British movies. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I looked up, I didn't see why they called it the, what they did, but it sounds like Kubrick just wanted to do something, uh, insane with Dr. Okay. Strangelove. Um, uh, other titles considered were Dr. Doomsday or how to start World War three without even trying, <laughs> nice. uh, Dr. Strangelove's secret uses of Uranus <laughs> and wonderful bomb. Oh, wow wonderful bomb yeah i'm glad somebody talked him out of that title. and you are right about failsafe being similar theme oh, okay and everything so failsafe is also a really good movie uh it's not as good as dr strange love though uh love me some dr strange love my fi- my my favorite funny one is uh is the full title of borat it's oh. Borat. <laughs> cultural learnings of america for make benefit glorious nation of kazakhstan mm-hmm. which is fucking great right but uh it got nominated for a golden globe maybe more than one golden globe and then it got nominated for an Oscar, and I was watching one of those nominations, and they had to read the, the whole uh, thing, yeah. and it was like Heidi Klum or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't get it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking awesome. It's too bad it wasn't Travolta. He probably would have. Oh, yeah, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Del Dezim. Yeah. Uh, I like one-worders uh, that really grab your attention, like Lolita, or like Amadeus, or Dick. Dick, mm-hmm. dear, with love, my dear. There's a, you do there's love a, dick. I think there's a a movie that Heather Graham is in called Life Without Dick, <laughs> something like that. And it's of course it's the person's name, right, but right. it's their way of of getting the you know yeah. getting it passed. Man, Heather Graham has a sneaky B movie you've never heard of filled resume. Mm-hmm. She's in a lot of movies you've never heard of. God, I wonder how many credits uh, she's got. I've sadly seen Killing Them Softly like five times. I'm not even going to Are you serious? No. I've seen it five times. I've seen it more I've than once. It, I've seen it a couple times. I've seen a few scenes more yeah, than well, once. Yeah, well, maybe I've seen mm, a few scenes mm. more than once. Is that the one with Joseph Fiennes finds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Fiennes finds? 104. Fiends Jesus Christ. Yeah. 104 credits for Heather. But a lot of them are going to be movies like this. <laughs> that you've. There's one where she goes, she's in that Hurricane movie I was telling you about. Um, oh... Which hurricane movie was it? God damn! I get it because he he IMDb. did uh, he did crawl. No, uh, the wetlands, the last wetlands. Ramp- wetlands. All right. You ever heard of that movie? Nope. That's my point. Yeah, she's uh <laughs> she's gonna be fifty in like a week or so. Holy shit! And she still looks like she's thirty two. Uh, she is gorgeous. We, we could do a whole podcast on women in their fifties who are celebrities that still look pretty fucking good. Is mm-hmm. Dick the Kirsten Dunst and mm, Michelle? Yep. Will- oh, that's a funny movie. It, it is, is a funny fun. movie. But Will Ferrell's in that. That yeah. was like one of the first times I remember seeing Will Ferrell in a movie. Isn't that Dan Hydea? Is uh, yep. He's yeah. playing. He's Dick, playing right? uh, Nick- Nixon. And who's the who's it's uh, Will Ferrell is. Is burnt not burns or is Wood, he burns? Wood, Wood, well, it's him and Bruce McCullough. Bruce McCullough's. Yeah, are, I don't know which one's which. It's funny. Life without Dick is not Heather Graham. It's Sarah Jessica Parker. But she was in some other movie that's like that. <laughs> I want your dick. I want your dick. <laughs> I mean, I'm Dick, and you can she's touch me. In that. She's also in that. I think the, you can look at it either way. <laughs> she was also in that infamous TV show that only lasted like 
an episode or something. It was like Emily's something reasons or something. Oh, Jeremy's yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, okay, next one. Love your podcast all the way from Australia. Woohoo! Is there any commonly held opinions on movies that you simply can't understand or agree with? Uh, I like this example. Some examples for me are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I didn't like and don't know how people enjoyed it. Inversely, I found Mother profound mm. and enjoyable and no others to, and no many others to think it's pointless dribble. Keep out the good work. What do you think? Okay. I- so, uh, one movie that I am, I'm, I will have to watch again at some point. I haven't given it a chance since it came out, but I was like agitated that people loved bridesmaids so much mm. and I, 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 and it's could be one of those comedies that because I watched it on a Thursday night at the movie theater and was just by myself and it's like towards the end of the day and it, you know, fuck everything and all that. I watched it and hated it. But I just felt like it was like any other stupid uh, dude comedy just with chicks. Mm. And so I just didn't I didn't understand why everybody was praising this. So Bridesmaids is on there. I, I say caveat, though, that I do need to watch it again mm-hmm. now that I have time between me and when it came out and everything. Uh, a, a movie. I'll just stay in the comedy genre here a movie that I don't think anybody saw and probably was as stupid as I was claiming Bridesmaids was, Sex Drive. Mm. You think, uh, okay, so I'm sorry. You think it's better than its reputation. Sex Drive, I think, is hilarious, but I don't know how much of the reputation it has since not very many people saw it. Uh, I just felt like I think a lot of people just considered that, oh, that's one of those teen sex comedies, so it's piece of shit. Yes. But people really need to give Sex Drive a chance. Yes. Not going to like, I'm not going to say you're going to get your balls blown off by it or anything like that. <laughs> Something like Barrett would say. But like, <laughs> I would say that Sex Drive is one of those movies that like just didn't get uh, any kind of audience and should des- and deserves one. And uh, because it's smarter than you think. It, it is. It, 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 I, I don't know if I like it as much as you, but I do find parts of it funny. But I love the part where they're at the people's house where um, uh, and he's like, get me another glass of purple. And he's like, look, it's called purple. <laughs> that was like a two liter of this thing. It's just called purple. I mean, really, honestly, though, I mean, kind of, I mean, thank God for Clark Duke in that yeah, movie yeah. and thank God for Seth Green in that movie because the main guy is kind of, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's oh. just your, James Marsden's hilarious in it. He I is. Think, I think Bridesmaids is, I think it's, it's fine, but I, I'm, I've seen it several times. So I'm kind of, I kind of get what you're saying because I don't think I find it as funny as most people. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife loves it. So I think that's why I've seen it a bunch. I would actually argue that that spy uh what's the director paul feig paul feig, feig? feig yeah it, yeah it's paul feig because yeah kevin feige is the Marvel. i would argue the next two movies he did though um the the spy and then the one with sandra bullock and no, the heat the heat i would argue both of those are better mm. than bridesmaids actually i think so i think the the tide to and i've seen bridesmaids probably about three times or so my wife loves it too is the the relationship between Kristen Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph is so strong. Yes, like the, it, it 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 brings out the comedic elements, especially when they're just kind of like fucking around there's a little bit. A, there's a I'm sorry for did, did you have more? I was about to break in for some reason, but go ahead. Well, they also have like an, a pretty emotional like tie in, and that fight that they have at her at her wedding party or whatever. Like you can actually, I can kind of feel that, uh, even though it ends with like I did get my asshole bleached and my asshole looks gorgeous or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a whole scene where they they whatever they have all they all have diarrhea. 
Oh, yeah, and I mean like, that's the lowest part of the movie for me, for sure. You know, I mean, and it's it's a lot of the movie. It like takes it seems like it takes forever for that scene. That to airplane, it does, the yeah. airplane scene is interminable. Oh too. god, the airplane scene, yeah, is another one oh, where he keeps calling that that guy. Uh, was it? He keeps calling the guy some name that is not his name. Kristen Wiig keeps calling him the flight attendant. Yeah, I, I don't know oh, when them. she's yeah because she she takes a bunch of Xanax or something like that and like washes it down with scotch yeah and his name is something simple but she changes a vowel and it oh, sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah i know what you're talking you about. know and and uh and it's and then that takes yeah it takes forever well it, yeah the movie's too long i mean so. that's i think that's one of the biggest problems with it it's just way too but long. again i'll have to watch it again at some point like i said i'm i'm to answer this question that's the first thing that came to mind totally uh so anyway watch so, sex drive so i'm gonna uh, just everybody's gonna hate me um so christopher nolan is somebody that I I I like fine. <laughs> I think he has a couple of movies that I really love, but I I don't get the um I don't and especially the three of you in here love him to death, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. I I just I I don't get it. I think he's a perfectly fine filmmaker. I think he's a very talented filmmaker, but I just I don't know. He has a it's something about the structure of his films that always bugs me for some reason. I just think especially like Dark Knight is a movie for instance that Upon rewatching that a few times, I've started noticing there's a weird structure in it, like with the Two Face storyline and him going to Hong Kong, and mm-hmm. he goes to Hong Kong in that one. He right? does, mm-hmm. okay, and all that. And I don't know. It just it starts after a few viewings. It starts to kind of almost like tear away from me. Inception is the exact same way, uh, and I like both of them. I just, I just, I don't, I just don't love them. Mm. I guess like a lot of people do. And then on, and and then on the other side of that. I think that underrated, I think Insomnia is actually a really fucking great thriller mm-hmm. that out of all of his movies, nobody talks about for some reason. Okay, Ooh. so since this is your last podcast yeah. with us okay. ever. <laughs> <laughs> the no. only one of his I really dislike is Dark Knight Rises. I oh, like, that's a... Sh- yeah, that's I a, like... I mean, I'm not... not Me- Memento is not my favorite, but I would still say overall I like Memento. Mm-hmm. I like everything else. I just like... I just like... If I was to do like a... A top 100 i don't i don't know if any of his movies are on it i i just imagine making memento and then some studio goes hey we're gonna give you robin williams and al pacino for your next movie yeah what do you think mm-hmm. <laughs> i just i think that movie that movie is it's scary um it's robin williams is so good in that i mean him and pacino are so good together in yeah. that movie i i just think and i can see why people would say it's the least it might be the least christopher nolan movie of all of his, because it is a remake of a of a foreign film. The for, the 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 film with uh, Skellen Skarsgård's awesome too. I think it's even a criteria. Oh, La Cage de Folie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. You know, uh, yeah. Christopher Nolan's The Birdcage is is also quite nice. But uh, yeah, so that's my. Were you actually going to ask me something? No, no, no. I no. I, no, no. He wanted to make a joke. That you were fired. <laughs> right. Who's his buddy? Is it Benjamin Bratt that was the? Hil- uh, Hilary Swank is in that. Yeah, Hilary Swank's in it. I but thought his. Is it Benjamin, it's not Benjamin Brad, is it? It's um. Who's his partner? Oh well. Oh, his Pacino's partner. Yeah, it's an older guy, Martin. Oh, that's right, Martin Donovan. Martin yeah. Donovan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, is one the uh, 
and Tenet looks really good. Don't get me wrong. Although I cannot understand how that's like an like what is it like two hundred and something million dollars was spent on that movie. Looks like all the effects probably. Yeah, man. Yeah. Speed. But uh, down. I love Martin Donovan, so mm-hmm. I, I I love that Nolan puts him in some of these movies. Welcome to the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is my cocaine, and, and Prestige is my favorite. So I need it up my nose. Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I. We'll never watch this movie again uh, and give it a fair shake like Chris is going to do. But the English patient can suck my balls. <laughs> it can suck my balls. Is that really overrated at this point? And I it mean, can lick in between my balls and my thigh in that sweaty area <laughs> where the, the sweat accumulates. No, not under the balls. The side of the balls. Right, oh, right side of the balls. Here. Okay. Call it a side call, taint. Yeah, call, I, <laughs> side taint. <laughs> fucking oh hate my God. the English patient, and I will not give it another have chance. You, have you just seen it once? I saw it once. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was raving and giving it best picture and whatnot, and then that Seinfeld episode came out, and I was like, fucking Elaine is my spirit animal. Mm. Um, and then for the positive... Uh, you don't want any can't visual aids. I can't get it out of my oh, head. <laughs> I was rubbing. Um, <clears throat> uh, horrible bosses too, baby. <laughs> um, and it's just by happenstance, because I honestly believe if I'd seen the first one first, I would have found the second one derivative. But I didn't. So now the first one is derivative to me, and the second one's fucking hilarious. It's the exact same movie, right? It's the exact same movie. Yeah, pretty much. It really is. Uh, I mean, well, almost all the the writing with magic, real marker on a whiteboard. A lot of the jokes are repeated. And, a lot of them. And then they, I, I one one thing I hate about horrible bosses too is is that they give Jennifer Aniston some arcane reason for why she fucks all these other guys and mm-hmm. stuff. And like I collect dicks. Mm-hmm. What is the reason that they... I collect dicks. Yeah. Oh, she's a collector. Well, and the guy that turned her down is Charlie Day, and she's like, well, all I see is the hole in my Uh, dick shelf that I can't... (laughs) Right. And it's... seen as many more times than I... I sure have. And it's like, yeah, because I I just... I like the fact that in the first one, it didn't have anything to do with some weird fucking, you know, just who cares? (laughs) Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. English Patient is a hard movie to... If you hate it... There's nothing I can tell you that that makes it better. It's just that, um, I I mean I I think it's well told. Anthony Minghella, who mm, did uh, Talented Mr. Yeah. Ripley, uh, did this. Uh, Walter Murch did the editing. There was like some just amazing fucking things that they shot in there and that he cut together. But if you if you end up just saying it's about a guy who is uh uh it's about a you know a tawdry affair and people like you know committing adultery and stuff if you reduce it to that then yeah that movie's you don't know what the that movie's not good I do reduce it to that but I also no I just reduce it to that <laughs> and I think we should stop like trying to have sex in bathtubs in oh general. yeah yeah <laughs> give, me, give me something I can use exactly speaking of Oscar winners though somebody had a list on Twitter there was something going around yesterday about what's your favorite uh best picture winner from the last decade and then I looked at the list and I'm like holy fuck like i don't want to talk about any of these yeah movies. it's not been a great 10 years I mean like if Argo is like <laughs> Or I mean, I mean, I mean, Twelve Years a Slave is probably the best, but yeah. that's also not a movie that I'm just gonna be like, hey, let's watch Twelve Years a Slave tonight. Let's mm-hmm. do this, you know. Brad Pitt, Jesus. So mm-hmm. Brad Pitt, Jesus. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was kind of sad to uh, to look at that. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's been more years than not in the last decade where something we didn't expect to win Best Picture won, or what won has faded in time. Yeah, who's mm-hmm. talking about King's Speech? Yeah, <laughs> like mm. what is it? nobody or the artist. And it, that's not. Yeah. And, and it's King's nobody. Speech isn't bad, but I just they they there's never any foresight in these things. Like you know, like. You, I mean, I, I don't know how in the year they consider these movies the best of the year. It's like they get swept up in some moment where a movie is like considered the best for like two weeks and they're like, all right, that's the one. But then they probably have buyer's remorse by a month or two after they've done it. Yeah. Just like when we did, uh, um, uh, when Harry met Sally. <laughs> so we didn't have hey, a lot that of was choice. A process. Okay. So then maybe sideways. <laughs> Versus uh, the other one, and I had that, buyers. Oh, it was uh, LA Confidential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's I, I mean, it probably is something similar to that that yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, and then and then afterwards, everybody takes a collective sigh and goes, "Wait a minute, mm. I liked this way better than yeah. that movie or whatever." And well, they, it's these. Well, and I guess that's the thing too. You never know what movies are going to stay in the test of time i guess in people's minds and conversations i could argue and, that in 1994 you could have said pulp fiction was going to stand yes. the t- test of time but forrest gump had that all that momentum from being a huge summer hit that everybody loved and then now when you look back yeah no like, no it pulp fiction is a better movie but do you think people don't still talk about forrest gump because i mean i don't know it's on tv a lot I not as think, not as a a uh as a standard no. that we want to yeah, reach right I got they you. still talk about it, sure. Yeah, because Hanks is great in it, and it's you know it's a different kind of movie. But uh, but we can't agree that in 1986, Out of Africa should have won. Oh God, Out of Africa! <laughs> fuck that movie. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder how huh? many people you don't like Out of Africa. No, it's oh, boring it's so, as fuck. It's so it, is a, it is a little. I wonder slow, how. Yeah. Wonder what the percentages of people alive that have seen Out of Africa. I bet it's really low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I remember liking that movie. Isn't it? Uh, is it Meryl Streep or is it Glenn Close? It's Meryl, Streep. Streep. Meryl Streep. It's one of the many. It's, there was a there was an Onion article. I don't know how many years ago where it was Meryl Streep doing a, an op ed or whatever, and the title was "Name One Good Movie That I'm In." <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, is it William Hurt? Is he the other one? Or who was the? No, it's Robert Redford. Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's usually at if you look at a lot of people's picks for like when they rank the best picture winners, it's usually at the it, I'm not saying that should sway your opinion. I'm just saying, but it is normally at the bottom. That's why I brought it up. Uh-huh. Great. I think greatest show is kind of the one that most people talk about. It was the greatest show on Earth. It was the Cecil B. DeMille mm-hmm. movie about the circus. It won whatever year it came out. That's always there. I also think uh, the one that beat Citizen Kane, but I think people like that. They just how green was my yeah, valley. How green was my valley. But it's just the fact that it beats Citizen Kane. There's I think, a there's a there's a it's a great movie idea that I guess of a movie that's like somewhat dark or somewhat different and everything. People are like ah you know, and they don't don't think about they don't look forward and say you know when we look back actually this movie is going to be way you know they don't think that way they they got all the way to the nominations but yeah. they didn't give it the win. What do you think about the chances for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, this year? It's got it's as open a race as I've seen in a while. I mean, I think I still got to right? go in 1917. I haven't even seen 1917. I, I've I've predicted 1917 since I heard about it. Yeah, in I mean, 1917 is the current front runner. They're not giving anything to a Netflix movie, and anybody that thought I and plus I think Irishman. I'll tell you lost what, if steam. they give it to Irishman after not giving it to Roma, I'm going to riot. 
Like oh, if yeah, they no, give they're, Netflix, they're not going, they're not going to. <laughs> no, uh, no. Nineteen seventeen. It's going to take the, a while. Nineteen seventeen is the current front runner because the producers guild just awarded I, it. I would think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would probably be next. Joker has eleven, has the most nominations, so it's hard not to think about that. I just, I do not see that. We're all going to be angry on Oscar night when Joker wins. Oh, I mean, I won't be angry. I don't. I mean, it doesn't well, do anything to me. That's feels, actually my answer to this question is is Joker, but that's an easy one. I don't know about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Has anybody seen it more than once yet? I've, I've only seen it once, but I have buddies of mine who have seen it three or four times. I've seen it three times. Have you really? Yeah. Do you really like it? I really like it, yeah. It's it was, it's not my favorite of the year, though, but I, I would take Parasite over it as but far as the nominations go. M- most, uh, most Tarantino movies are like this, where you watch it that first time and and you're like, oh, that was good. And then you watch it a second time and then there's a lot of stuff that, what are you doing? You know what? You're right. Now I'm just thinking about <laughs> Your it. eyes started darting back and forth. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, you're about to like launch into me. This is something. when no. Barrett fell in love with Chris. Yeah, exactly. No, it, I would not have thought of that if you hadn't mentioned it. Because I loved Pulp Fiction the first time I watched it. But Reservoir Dogs took a second. Uh, Kill Bill definitely took a second. Mm-hmm. Hateful, uh, Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. And Glorious Bastards, same way. Because it's so different. What he does is so different that I don't think my brain could keep up with it. And so you're right. I probably will like Once Upon a Time in there, Hollywood the there second are, time. Yeah, there are movies that you watch and you're not exactly into what it's doing yeah. an hour into it. And then by the time you're you're ready to be like, okay, this is put this movie inside of me, <laughs> you you uh you you're like, Oh, that was great, and then you don't watch then you come out going, well, I don't know, that first hour wasn't all that good. But then you watch it again, and you're like, oh, okay, I know what's going on now. I know yeah. what he's trying to do. A lot of people who aren't like movie buffs watch Once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and they don't get what he's going for with all that DiCaprio stuff, where he's oh, yeah. they're showing all his different movies and yeah. and like all the different uh, things that they used to do back in the late '60s and these. I mean, Tarantino is both parodying and like sending a love letter to that era of of movies and everything so you have to kind of be on board with that unless and and if you're not if you're most people i think came into that going okay this is the charlie manson story so you know you know they went in there expecting this to be that and then they were like what the fuck is all this other shit yeah and and to me that's part of the reason that i had it kind of lower is that i thought it was too indulgent when it came to that stuff and I, you know, all the driving scenes and all that. But I think, I think if if you have you have that context going into it, I'm curious to see how you're totally right about that. Uh, my actual real answer to this uh, question is album reviews. We've talked, Chris and I have talked about uh, album reviews and how they age poorly and stuff like that. Like Lester Bangs uh, famously gave a terrible review to Black Sabbath's first album, mm-hmm. to Led Zeppelin's first album, and I think uh, regretted it later on, even though he died in his early 30s. Uh, but then Rolling Stone uh, rating Pinkerton as like, I think, a two and a half stars or something mm-hmm. like that, Weezer's Pinkerton, and it's an all-time classic. They even gave Nirvana's Nevermind uh, three out of four stars, and that's some bullshit. I don't know about that. I think when... <sighs> Nirvana was so fucking different when they came out. It could be just like, yeah, that uh, Tarantino. That I don't think it was easy to assess how um, large it was going to loom over all of music for the next 20 years. I mean, great album, even when it came out, 
but you can't assess its historic value for probably another 10, 20 yeah. years. It's, it's, yeah. They're really interesting because like bleach is like super just raw. Like it's mm-hmm. just like a jam session. Yeah, that's a metal Never album. mind is a little less raw, but then you listen to like in utero. In utero is just so polished mm-hmm. and it's just like you, you really could see, well, not more so than never mind, I think. Oh, I think the exact opposite. Uh, I mean, we don't need to hmm. go into it, but I, I feel yeah. like, and Kurt Cobain, I think, thought the same thing. Maybe. That's why they went from Butch Vig to Steve Albini. Uh, it is, the band itself is better they, by the time In Utero runs yeah. around. And I just, and I think that's, I don't know if that's, I prefer In Utero. I do too. Over, over Nevermind. Okay. I do too. I thought we'd I've, had that conversation before, but I've I know, just I know what you're heard saying. Nevermind probably too much at this yeah. point. But uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. The actual review praises the shit out of it, like the pop melodies, uh, with the backdrop of this fuzz and all that stuff. The the gleam of the the production. But then you said three out of four. I'm oh, trying to figure out though what eventually makes people turn around on something. Like obviously your first impression, like we're talking about with like for me, bridesmaids and mm-hmm. any other movie that you watch depends on a lot of what. We've talked about this a million times. The expect expectations that you have, the uh, mood you're in when you first watch it or listen to something, all these things. Like I don't. How many times were they listening to Pinkerton before they did the review? Yeah. How many times is it required for you to listen to it? Do you did you listen to it twice and you just went, okay, now I know what this album's all about. Yeah. And then it takes sometimes it takes ten, fifteen times through an album before you're like noticing little things like, oh yeah so, that's some, really good sometimes it takes just getting older too and listening to other things i will give you a movie example um reality bites came out in 94 mm-hmm. i gra- which is the year i graduated high school so i saw it right before i graduated high school thought it was terrible mm-hmm. Did um, you really? yeah <laughs> didn't watch it again until right after or right about when i was about to graduate college and it was a completely different movie mm-hmm. because I was watching, even though it's a Ben Stiller version of life, which is kind of odd based on, but, um, and it's quirky and everything, but still the general concept of what Ethan Hawke was going through, what Winona Ryder was going through. These people graduate college at the beginning and they're trying to get through their real life and something that I was very fearful of at that point in my life. And so it, it became like a, a bigger thing to me, I guess. Like mm. all of a sudden I really appreciated it. Mm. I'm not saying it's one of my favorite movies, but. I, oh yeah, I, but I, I went I from agree. hating it to, and I'm sure there's other ones I could think of, but that's the one I always come to. Mm-hmm. So. The movie's '90s as fuck. Mm. It is. Oh, that yes. is true. <laughs> Have you ever had times where you are afraid of a movie as yes. a kid? Oh, sorry, <laughs> but ended up liking and loving it afterwards, or just not afraid of it anymore. Anyway, by the way, I do believe that this is not about horror movies specifically. Mm. I think this is about a movie that you are afraid of for some reason that you don't want to watch and that you were like, okay, I'll watch this. And then you end up liking it. So it doesn't have to be horror necessarily. Mm. Um, uh, the one I had, I don't have anything that's like this where I didn't want to watch something, then watched it, then liked it. I am still afraid of certain movies though, mm. that I will not watch because of things that I've heard pink flamingos and the <laughs> shit eating scene has kept me away from watching pink flamingos. Uh, all these years didn't I, know about it but now it will keep me away from it as well <laughs> yeah. and 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 i've seen gross shit eating and drinking on screen before yeah but but in a porn environment it's different right in a porn <laughs> environment it's completely different um but like uh, uh for some reason that i mean you know i mean austin powers has a yep. has a shit drinking scene yep. and 
uh, Team America. If you watch the uh, the the unedited, uh, oh god, I wish I had watched that's, it. That's puppet poop. Yeah, puppet poop uh, has a lot of that in it. But uh, I'm sure that pink flamingo scene doesn't last very long. Mm. But like, it has kept me away from it. So I haven't. That's the maybe the most John Waters movie John Waters ever directed. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just it's just gritty and weird Baltimore and uh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 yeah. I just I just don't like toilet humor in general. So like uh, you know, there's been plenty of movies I haven't watched. Just not even that they're gonna eat shit. I've never seen Pink Flamingos. Mm-hmm. Um, as a kid, I I I was I had something in my mind, but then when it said as a kid, I guess I'll go back to then. I and I will make this about horror. I don't like body horror. I, as a kid, I don't think I knew that was what it was called. Mm-hmm. But I'm very turned on. I mean, I don't know who people are turned on by body horror. Maybe they are. Uh, hey, Crash. David Cronenberg's Crash. I've never I've actually I, seen that. I've never seen yeah. Crash. I heard there and was Gus some... Van Sant shows up at the end of that movie. No, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't a kid that came when Crash came out, but I will say I've never seen Crash because I heard there was like a scene where a dick goes into like a wound. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm good. Oh, it's a pretty but, good movie. Uh, so like David Cronenberg, a lot of his stuff, like The Fly, his mm. remake of The Fly, I was scared to watch that. I've seen it since and I, it, I don't really care that much for it. That's why I was trying to think of something I ended up loving. I don't know that there is... I mean, I guess the fly is okay. I, I I don't think I'm as big on it as a lot of people. Um, oh crap! I had another one. Am I, oh, uh, Terry Gilliam's Brazil for some reason. I remember that there was something about I would see the trailer or something, and there were just the images and stuff just really creeped me out. Yeah, and I did like that one quite a bit when yeah, I finally really watched interesting. it. I've never seen the trailer for that, but I'm wondering how they made that. Or it was creepy. like TV spots or so. I don't know. I just remember. I mean, I was nine or ten. Yeah. I just I just remember it. I was just like, ooh, that you know that looks like too much. Yeah, and so, it's it's weird because there's like nothing no scary no, in it at all. Nope. But it's just as a kid, you know, you just see where. It's crazy because I was also thinking about I was looking at this at first like Barrett where it was like what were you scared of as a kid but that was stuff I actually watch you know mm-hmm. and, and half the time it's not horror movies because most kids aren't watching horror movies so it's usually it's usually something else yeah but, uh, but yeah that's that's all I could think of mm. but yeah Crash I didn't think about Crash till you mentioned that yeah wound sex just. Mm. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, in, yeah. I don't intend anymore. I don't intentionally watch David Cronenberg movies. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the ones that I've seen, I've seen largely on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, like uh, like Existence is probably the least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did uh, Video Drone, right? Yeah, video well, he, video. Video. He fucked me up. <laughs> history, he did History of Violence. Well, that's true. Yeah. And uh, European Vacation. <laughs> Easter, <laughs> Easter, Easter Promises. <laughs> And he also did. <laughs> well, I don't think this counts, but I would say I'm scared to watch Manchester by the Sea. Mm, I um, got you. I know I will, mm. and I'm pretty confident when I do, I will like it a lot, if not love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had half a dozen people tell me it wrecked them, and I am scared to. I don't. I don't ever wake up going, today's the day I want to watch a movie that wrecks me. I want to get wrecked. I, I usually want to laugh or yeah, be intrigued yeah, yeah. by something. So uh, I'm scared of it, and that's kept me away so far. But I will watch it someday. That's like Marriage Story, though. Aaron uh, Dicer, actually, he watched it and told you know before it came out on Netflix, and he was like, this is like, which, I mean, I don't know that how much involved he's ever been with divorce, but he said this is this seems like a very realistic portrayal of divorce. And as someone who's a child of divorce mm. and has had his own divorce mm. when he was younger, I was like, do I really want to watch that? So it took me, it, I mean, obviously that hasn't been out that long, but it took me a good month to work my way up to it. I just watched it a couple of weeks ago mm. and it was devastating. Yeah. And uh, I wish I hadn't watched it, but it's a great movie. I get mm. it. But I was didn't did not make me feel good afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I'm only answering half of this question of one that uh, I'm scared to to take a look at, it's two girls, one cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I would watch Pink Flamingos before I watch that mm-hmm. shit. I, I may even cut this. Has anybody seen that? I made it through three seconds. No, no, no. no. I made it through one. And and I've never clicked faster in my entire as, life. As soon as I was like, okay, this can't be as bad as they're saying. And then, yeah, it was. And it's, it, it goes right in there. A million miles an hour. Yeah, goes right in there. But like, you know, people were saying like, oh, well, you know, it's it's actually humorous and stuff like that. I'm like, eh, no, nah, it, no, it's not. No. That's no. The, those are the same people who say The Room and Birdemic <laughs> were made on purpose. My real answer to this is not that I was scared to watch it or anything like that. I just wasn't able to tackle the themes for 2001 A Space Odyssey until I got much older. And so if if I'm going to watch a, a, a space movie when I'm a kid, I want it to be pew, 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 Star yep. Wars and stuff exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. And this was not that, obviously. Very little so pewing. I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was kind of like, uh, the, the Hal didn't freak me out because I didn't really understand what Hal was. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that deliberately paced stuff that I love so much now at the beginning was boring yep. when I was a kid. Yeah, so kid, that's, I think that's one in the spirit of this <laughs> my, question. I already told you my, my first time I watched that, uh, I had to have my wisdom teeth taken out. I was like, I was like 17 or 18. And uh, I rented a few movies. My mom let me rent a few movies that night so I could, uh, you know, have something to watch. And so that for some reason, I thought this would be a good time to watch 2001. Yeah. And so I was on like pain medication. Nice. Watch it. Uh, it was, I think that'd that would, be delightful. It was, <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't, I couldn't fuck with that movie until I got older. Yeah, and now that I am fucking with that movie, I fucked it hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh yeah. But there's a lot of newer stuff, like Two Girl and a Cup. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna watch Human Centipede. Yeah, that's I'm, another one. I'm not gonna watch a Serbian film. And I, I've, I've listened to people tell me like how great they how you know you just got to get past it's like i don't want to get past no. people with their head up somebody else's ass i don't mm. want to get past stuff done to babies like i just mm. don't want to get past that yep, yep. Uh, i mean but all you know i'm not prude if you that's what you want to watch that's fine mm. yeah. i'm a prude, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> a prude. <laughs> okay well uh that'll do it for this week we'd like to once again thank maggie levin yeah, yeah baby on uh on here and i again i cannot wait to see uh my valentine on hulu yeah february 7th uh go to syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh we also have cinema sins twitter music video since twitter we're on uh, uh soundcloud we also have a discord if you want to get on discord you, the, you can go to the reddit page there is a link on the right hand side of the page there or you can go to facebook and uh private message me and i will give you a link from there uh we can also reach jonathan and where uh i'm on twitter at sam loomis 13 you can also hear me every week on the behind the sins podcast with aaron dicer and danae hughes yep and we have sin week coming up that's yes, right we baby. do uh we're still uh still selling tickets in the early bird category just for the end of January. Up until, yeah, the end of January. Then we, we, we jack that price up. <laughs> we jack it up in February. Uh, but no, uh, if you still want to go to that, you can if you want. Um, we still have some tickets available to that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Sharon, and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.
You know, one thing Liberty. I forgot to mention on the Bad Boys thing, I thought it was <laughs> the title was really weird to me because I keep thinking that's what they would call the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. And now they're going to make dude. a fourth one. Yep. And they'll uh, probably call it Bad Boys Three Life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have read I have read mostly general generally good reviews, but I think a lot of that is because of how shitty the first two movies are. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm, like, are you coming out of it thinking this is the new raid series or this? No, is, no, these no. These guys are the no. new action directors. You, not, you should not, not be going in expecting uh, the raid. Out now, of this. now those directors might be able to do something like the raid. There's some cool. there's some action scenes yeah, in yeah, there yeah. that I thought were really well done. There's something in a in a in a in a witch tower. Yep. Uh, scary witch tower. Yeah, it's a witch tower. Yeah, there's I heard, like, I heard there's it was awesome. A, it's like it's like three levels <laughs> of of bad guys, and they're all at the bottom. And there's some really cool shit in yeah, there. there. That's is. awesome. There's some really cool shit in the first. Well, in the first. I mean, one, I know what you mean by it probably didn't need to happen, but I'd say I'm okay with it happening because it's kind of fun to have that nice little I, throwback. I am. I have. I will save most of my anger for Fast and Furious Nine and Ten, and not for <laughs> Bad Boys Three. <laughs> Well, Bad Boys 2 made a shit ton it did. of money. 15 years. Uh, yeah, you're right. 17 years <clears throat> ago. I, I can't believe it's, I mean, I and I and that can't just be because people like, I mean, because this is the opening weekends. People didn't even know about how good it was. And it still joke. made like 62 Dan million. Marino should definitely buy this car that Peter Stormare <laughs> just rented. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that movie's so bad. Oh, God. It, 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 I, I cannot believe, that, that, I don't get pissed about people disliking, I mean, liking things, but I. that is the fandom I do not get. I see people talk so much good stuff about that movie. Well, and even on our video in the comments, yeah. everybody's like, the, the, that scene with the date where they harass him is awesome. What's Fuck. your problem? And I'm like, man, it was never awesome. From yeah. the moment, well, he puts a gun in that kid's face. Why yeah. is that funny? Yeah. Did you see that new Eminem music video for Darkness? I have not. Have you heard about it? Yes. You know the, the basic conceit? I think so. Remind me what Well, it- all the lyrics are about... <clears throat> Uh, mental health and being dark and um, getting ready to go out and kill this stage and the crowd's not going to know what hit him and it, it it it's making you think he's gearing up for a concert but dealing with his own dark mental health issues but mm. it, halfway through you realize he's the Las Vegas shooter and oh I didn't know he this. pulls out an assault rifle and starts killing everybody it's an incredibly impactful it reminded me a lot of This Is America by uh, yeah. Childish Gambino in yeah. terms of uh, Great song, great video, but even better message. It's really good. And it ends with this call to end gun violence with text on screen. And, uh, Fuck yeah, I gotta watch really that. Really cool shit. Wow. Yeah. And it's not long either. It's like four minutes long. Um, anyway, that tower movie made me think of that. Yeah, I gotta check that out. That uh, You know, it's such a weird thing, This Is America. I don't know if I like the song all that much. I don't think I do. But it's just so impactful for the, that package of the video. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to go out of my way to listen to the song without watching the video. I do agree you, with that completely. Do you think that song is meant to be uh, that kind of song, though, that you are you listen to over Which and over again? <sighs> this is I mean, America by Childish Gambino. Oh, it's hard. It's, it's it, certainly prioritized. It's, it's hard to believe that uh, you would... It was hard to believe that you would make a song that isn't that, because that's what music's all yeah. about. But I think that's more about the video than the song. It's the whole package. Mm-hmm. It was better than his last one. I agree. Although I still think Berserk is my favorite modern Eminem song. That's a really good one. Like that. What's that's... modern? Like what's like in the last decade? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anything after anything after Eight Mile would be modern Eminem. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Because early Eminem, he's everything he does has this little whiny voice and he's trying to be like a character he's playing. But then he got older yeah. and he started just rapping with emotions. And that, that really started with Eight Mile and Lose Yourself for me and Stan and that kind of shit. Uh, but then that, that Berserk song is amazing. Yeah, lose no your, one cares. Lose Yourself is that's, that's a really high up there. It's like one of my all time favorite songs. I think it might be one of my favorite songs. It's certainly, I think, what just, I would say the just, best original so much, song. Yeah, there's just so much in that. Just emotion and. I love that the the first song he did with Rihanna was cool, but I really really dig the second one, Monster. That one's better, yeah. Yeah. Do you have an Apple Watch, Barrett? Mm-hmm. You get notice notifications on your watch. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do a quick recommend, but this can be outtake fodder. I just watched with my wife Chris Rock's comedy special on Netflix called Tambourine. Tambourine is that fairly new? It's like a year and a half yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was fucking awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he does this whole bit about religion and how all religions have one thing in common, and it's that God doesn't make mistakes. And then he goes on this classic Chris Rock bit where he's like, you ever seen a porcupine? He's too, you can't hug him, can't fuck him, mistake! <laughs> and, then, and then he goes, he does this whole run, and then the last one is, Mississippi, mistake! <laughs> God, I love it. I saw him. I saw. I didn't see that. I did see. Uh, I guess it was an earlier one that he did, maybe two or three years ago, and um, and uh, some of it was about uh how he had gotten divorced and uh, yeah. and all that and uh and uh what was the um. Uh, he, he had this thing at the end where he's like, he's like, but I'm a little bit too old now, you know, to like go to the club and, and get and, and pick up on women and everything. He's, he's like, you know, he's talking about how dating is so different and everything yeah. and how like, um, like, you know, like women just like have sex with you on the first night. Now it's not a problem and, and it's, you know, no big deal. And, uh, but he was like, uh, I tried to go to a, a, a party and i tried to tried to hit on rihanna and rihanna looked at me like oh the, no that's this one oh, was it that you one? have seen this it's okay the same one. i just don't remember that because he thing. goes you know how you know you're old <laughs> <laughs> rihanna looked at me like i was one of her uncles yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome man have you, i don't know if he talks about it in this this might have been on interview but have you heard him talking about how when he went to uh the right before obama and michelle were leaving the white house like i guess that whatever the last party or whatever and Michelle was like, uh, I talking to him and was just like, yeah, I just, I just don't know what it, you know, I just don't know what it's going to be like after this. I'm just, you know, I'm just really concerned. And he was like, you'll be all right. <laughs> He's like, I mean, you guys got money, you know, you'll find something to do, you know, you'll be all right. She's like, I'm talking about the country, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 